Who the hell are you? Name's Archer. Well, Mr. Archer, you could learn a thing or two about manners. I don't like being interrupted in the middle of a conversation. I'll keep that in mind. Is there a problem here? I was just having a drink with our friend Drasic, and this gentleman decided to butt in. I saw you this morning at the Undertaker's. What's your business here? Just passing through town. This gag a friend of yours? Just wanted him to get me a cup of coffee. It's a little hot for coffee today, don't you think? Maybe you're right. It's been a pleasure. Keep an eye on him. Make sure he leaves town. Hello. Welcome to my best impression of Rob's, Ross Webster's jaunty hello. But more <laughs> importantly, welcome to a crazy crossover event, maybe the most ambitious crossover since that Marvel Cinematic Universe thing. Tonight's 10 Backward and Snap Track, two of, it's fair to say, bestest podcasts ever in the world of Star Trek podcasts, emerging like Neelix and Tuvok in the transport to become Tuviks. I am one host, Rick Everson, usually of 10 Backward, and I'm joined by Snaptrack's own Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hi, Rick. It's How are you? To be here. Uh, it's great to be here on 10 Backward slash Snaptrack, and this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what we'd call such emerging. Um, Oh, snap yeah, backwards. what's our two big name? Snap backwards, yeah. <laughs> snap good. Backwards. Oh, snap backwards. <laughs> That's, That's good. good. Who came up with that? That was excellent. So, Jen, what, what, what are we doing in this crazy crossover event? Okay, so our crazy crossover event, we're going to be talking about episodes where we visit places that resemble the American Old West which happens more than you would think <laughs> in shows that take place in the future. <laughs> All right. So for, 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 the, for this epic crossover event, uh, visiting the Old West, Rick and I, Rick, Rick E. of 10 Backward and I are going to be the sheriffs in town. Uh, we're we're going to run, run, uh, run the show. And we're going to have our members of the Snap Trek and 10 Backward crew um, mosey into town and represent our Westerns. So let's meet them and find out what episodes they watched. Okay. Shall we start with Will? Will Turland. Hello. Yes, I'm. Uh, I, I am a stranger in town. I've I've come from uh, up north, a place you guys wouldn't know. <laughs> As as uh, as always happens in these kind of episodes, <laughs> and um, I watched uh, the TNG classic Fistful of Daters. All right, and and um, let's move on to uh, to Gemma. What did you watch? Hello, I watched North Star, which was uh, did I? 
You did. I yeah, did. Yeah, yes. You did. Thank you. It's <laughs> just the way you looked at me. Like what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and yeah. from uh, from enterprise. From enterprise. From enterprise. That's I love surprise. it. Surprise. From enterprise. Yeah. Ooh, that, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rick P, what did you watch? Howdy. I uh, reckon <laughs> reckon I'll be reviewing Spectre of the Gun. <laughs> well done, stranger. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> and finally, Ross. So I traveled a thousand years into the future to watch Discovery Season 2 episode Far From Home which isn't really a Western in like the sense of your guys' Westerns, but definitely is a Western when we talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely uh, in the spirit of, of a Western for sure. Yeah. Bad guys um, and a frontier town and things like yeah. that. Yeah. A saloon. Outlaws. Yeah. It's, got, it's got it all. <laughs> yeah. Outlaws pretending to be the law. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's very one thing I noticed in um, sorry. One thing I noticed in, in in none of these episodes did we get a character called Curly or Soapy, and <laughs> uh, we got no old timey prospectors going gold, gold. Oh, and like, I do yeah. remember someone uh, an old an There's old timer on, on a rocking horse on a rocking chair, <laughs> rocking chair smoking a corn cob pipe. I think. Or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I think that might be in Fistful of Datas. Yeah. But he's not yeah. really a character. He's like a piece of the scenery. But um, <laughs> he maybe prob- he was called maybe he was called Curly Soapy. I think he was <laughs> so- think, Soapy Curly. Yeah, <laughs> Soapy Curls. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for. for just to be clear, we're take, tackling this crossover as as uh, generally in the uh, in the spirit of, an, of a Snap Trek game. Uh, so, our contestants are all going to have are all going to go through the highlights of these episodes according mm-hmm. to the categories that we set. Um, uh, normally on Snap Trek, you do say it is just a game, but uh, no, this is really serious. This is not just for fun. <laughs> Think like Squid Game, okay, guys? <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched that yet, Rick. Don't spoil it. Yeah, oh, okay. It, Don't feel like. Squid- it's a very contemporary reference for you, Rick. <laughs> I know. It's very rare I watch a series ahead of you guys. I know. Yeah, this is this is a showdown at noon, high noon, and it's very serious. No squid business. game talk here, sir. <laughs> Not all of us have reckoned on that newfangled television invention. <laughs> Rick, are you gonna are you gonna maintain that that accent throughout the are you going to keep in character, basically, is my question. <laughs> maybe it will. Maybe please I will. Do. Maybe I will. <laughs> please do. <laughs> yeah, please do. I love it. I'm fairly resigned to the fact we ain't going to stop him. <laughs> reckon, reckon I'll keep it as long as I remember it or feel like I can do it. Do it justice. <laughs> All right. And the one other thing uh, we're retaining from Snapchat is... We like to do a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. So I think I think our crews here have written some poetry about their episodes. Would I anyone... think that is in, the, in yeah, a loose it's... sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who would like to go first? 
Well, I I wrote I've written myself a poem, but it's not about the episode I'd be reviewing. So, <laughs> well, that, let's hear it. But, uh, but I reckon no I can read at it again. Is it, is it is it about Star Trek? Or, or is it like just a... <laughs> of course it is. Okay, okay. Not, I I didn't I I was on holiday. I didn't I I, I haven't read all the messages in that there Twitter chat. <laughs> okay. So I, I I got the clip notes as you might as you might say okay. in your in your in your town. But I re- I read myself a little poem. Well, I say a little poem. It's quite long. About uh, <laughs> it's full of data. All right, let's hear. I reckon it. it's uh, if I do say so myself. It's it's mighty good. <laughs> May I read it? Yes, yes please, please. Go ahead. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay. Here we go. One time in Deadwood, a new sheriff arrived. His brow was furrowed, though not through surprise. A Klingon named Worf, he was mighty tall. By contrast, his deputy was really quite small. <laughs> what was meant as a game took a serious turn. Crew of the Enterprise seemed to never learn. I'd say their memory needs some serious jogging. Don't go messing with Data's noggin. <laughs> <laughs> Things are now deadly. No joking or japing. We had we had a scenario that was hard from escaping. <laughs> Luckily, Worf was assisted by Troy, whose assistance he was keen to deploy. Although she went by the name of Durango, a word which you'll find rhymes with mango. <laughs> <laughs> so the Holic now was a dangerous place, and most of the characters had. Data's face. Worf wasn't too keen on this program selection, and you had no time for Miss Annie's affection. The good guys prevailed, though, so on that, please be glad. Though it has to be said, Worf's still a terrible dad. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's the end of my poem. It's really good. I mean, it was, it was, it's longer than the episode itself. It was excellent. So good. So good. You have a real flair for Western themed poetry. Have you ever tapped? I mean, that was, that was just phenomenal. So good. So good. I love that you got in a dig at Wolf's terrible parenting at the end as well. Really good. Well, it had to be done. It was something I noticed from watching that there program. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Uh, great. Oh, right. thank you. Thank you kindly. <laughs> All right. Does anyone else have a, a Western poem they'd like to share? Well, yeah, I, I'd, um, well, I have one that um, Gemma co-wrote with me. Oh, yeah. um, very proud but it's, I think you might be able to glean which parts were in by whom. Yeah. <laughs> It's quite terrible and it, and it's not entirely relevant. But then I've got one which actually I think um, is is a bit better. Mm-hmm. So I'll read I'll read the I'll read the silly one first. Awesome. There once was an android called Data who decided to give his neural net a beta test. When the <laughs> ship was in dock, he whipped out his cock, and I'll tell you the rest of it later. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I think the pro- one of the problems with this poem is that about two lines in, it, it leaves kind of what happens in the episode <laughs> and becomes sexual, and that's not none of none of that happens in, in the episode. That's sort of a 
This, this it's is just your, because your fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because as soon as we said the word dark, then then we thought of well, don't Nina. say we. Yeah, <laughs> I. Just... Yeah, but I have I have a I have a, a second limerick which is, um, it's quite short, but it, it's a. a, a no, this is actually a poem. That was a limerick. Okay, no, this well, is this like is a... kind of a is limerick. It? Well, I'll, I'll read it like okay. a limerick. Okay. <laughs> Alexander coded a western with Wharf keeping score. Barclay inappropriately it wrote in a whore. The episode's a hoot. Picard plays his flute. They should have called it a few dates more. Oh, that's, that's, it. Oh, that's very, very good. good. Thank you. Very good. Um, yeah, because I, I, I think. Hoping... They... Go ahead. Sorry, I, I was going to say I, th- I think they should have called it a few dates more because it kind of makes more sense than a fistful of dates. I suppose a fistful of dates also implies many dates, not mm. a fistful of data, which more applies to your limerick. Mm. <laughs> well, what they, they should have done is revisited the, this concept and had a, a, a sequel to it and have yeah, exactly, that would have been yeah, good. A, a few dates more. Yes, yeah, totally. yeah. The sequel that we all were clamoring for, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, well done. All right. Thank you. Um, do you, I, Gemma, do you yeah, want to? I, uh, I have also penned two poems. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, one of which wow. is a haiku. Ooh. So, yeah. Uh, uh, what, is a, what is a haiku? I, I haven't heard <laughs> that too. It's, uh, well, um, listen and learn, Rick. Or oh, old salty, whatever your name is. So this, so my haiku is a, is about, is for my episode. And the other one is generally Star Trek Western. So the haiku starts, dawn rides hot and high, the skag sweeps the dry dirt ground under the ship's ribs. Wow, that's beautiful. That was very effective, very effective. A little bit, yeah. bit classier than my dirty <laughs> Ever so slightly. Which wasn't even relevant to the episode. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that was lovely. Wow. Oh, thank you. Great imagery. Uh, what's, um, what's your my other my one, second one is, uh, there's a stranger in town, the word went around, from that Mexican guy to the clock in the sky. Funny notions have they, and their clothing is gay, in a bright, colourful, pyjama-y way. Lessons they bring, but this is the thing. But unfortunately, I can't actually think of the thing, so I'm just going to have to end the poem there. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, people could, if anyone can end it, <laughs> I'm open to that. I love that your poem doesn't have an end. No, uh, I think that's just like Star Trek. It keeps going. Hopefully, well, there'll be another ooh. Western episode, and then yeah. <laughs> come on, Strange New Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome! All right. Anyone else have a poem? Ross? I, I tried to write a poem initially to the tune of the Pet Shop Boys Go West, but I just <laughs> oh, I just man. couldn't make it work. I really <laughs> tried. I really tried, but I couldn't make it work. So I've written three little limericks to tell the story of Far From Home. All right. Their distance from home very far to an old West-style cowboy-themed bar during a negotiation till he quotes regulation to save their wagon trains of the stars. Nice. In the mining town's run-down saloon, there's an outlaw and a cadre of goons 
They're going to wrangle the ship. Georgiou shoots from the hip. Zara spits, but there ain't no spittoon. (laughs) (laughs) Discovery strangled by ice. A creeping glacial parasite. Stamets can repair. Reno's knee plus ultra. At last, the discovery takes flight. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that, that really brings to light how it really is structured like a Western. Like that's how a Western would end too. Them riding into the sunset, yeah. you know, them yeah. being yeah. lifted into the sky by uh, Michael and everything. So well done. All right. Oh, that's a fantastic. Do we, wow. Do we, score, do we score any points for our poems? <laughs> Everyone gets a million points for that. Oh, wow. Oh, God, finally off the ground. I was so worried about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into it then. Um, Rick, would you like to introduce our first category? Yes, indeed. Okay, for round one, uh, we enter this saloon. It all goes quiet, and I can announce the first category is why go west, or what's the best reason for setting an episode of a space series in a western. So, uh, what? Yeah, let us let us know who who thinks they've got the best the the best tenuous link to westerns in their episode. <laughs> what was the excuse? No. <laughs> no, mine. They were they were literally westerners, cowboys ripped up from their home and dropped on an alien planet, and mm. that is the life they knew. So that's the life they stuck with, building from. Um, from the 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 materials at hand, which did seem to be exactly the same as the materials at hand on Earth in their yes. home, um, yeah. So that's my that's they, my reason. They even use I noticed they even managed to use like a sort of Wild West style font for the for yes. the sheriff's. You were very uh, impressed with that, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, it's like wow. They even though they were kidnapped by aliens like two hundred years ago, which must have been traumatic, they still remember the sort of mm. font that they yeah. had. So they had <laughs> yeah, they had people who knew how to make signs, people yeah. who knew how to make clothes, people who knew how to to brew whiskey. People who knew how to, you know, they were very lucky in the amount in the selection of people that they. they yeah. So, did the Skagarans up. take horses, or did they have horses on their planet? <laughs> that That's is a good. good question. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say that. I mean, I appreciate in all the upheaval of being dumped on alien world and having to like take over from the Skagarans, they've not designed Times New Roman, so they've stuck with the Western font. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just curious if they brought the horses along or not. I want to know: Is a blue horn is a blue horn a real animal, or is that an alien animal? Is a blue horn an actual like a name for a cow or something, or is because they're all going up north to raise? Sounds authentic. (laughs) Yeah, longhorn. Yeah, real. So I think it's meant to Google. Yeah, right. My a slight issue I have with this this episode, though I really enjoy um, uh, North Star. I think it's great. But is it, I mean, it's been 200 years since these people were taken from Earth. They've, they've made absolutely no technological advances in, in that time. They're traumatized. It'd be hard, though, well. for a small, a small population they to are, advance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's blue also a railroad. No, no, no railroad to uh, 
to so bring in all the new no, ideas. No railroads and... for them to. Uh, mm, yeah, exactly. They're in an echo echo chamber. They're traumatized, so they're sticking. There are some cultures on Earth at the moment, aren't there, that don't that live the same way they lived a thousand years ago? That haven't no contact with civilization and you know hunter gatherers and whatnot. That still happens, I yeah, suppose. Sentinel, yeah. Sentinel Island, is that, that's the place. Was that I'm, where I'm back? <laughs> that's the place. Yeah. <laughs> and this this shows really a, a spiritual successor to a piece of the action more so than you know, like Spectre the Gun or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's, yeah, it's the same thing. Like they they take this idea from Earth and then they they roll with it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and the and these people here, like like that's. That's what they knew, and that's what they do. <laughs> and it's just fun. <laughs> I mean, at the, very the real end, reason is just so that we could see uh, Archer in a cowboy hat. That's a good reason. In town, very well. Exactly. I was very impressed with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, go ahead. At the very end, of course, it does end with them um, with the school teacher. Another wonderful trope. Um, right, that's another uh, Western. Yeah, teaching everyone about the updated history of Earth. Yeah, so they are going to progress from that point. Ooh, yeah, they, yes. they've given her a, like a Kindle that's yeah, full exactly. of um, <laughs> Earth history. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. that's that's a pretty good reason to have an Old West uh, theme. What about uh, what about let, let's start with spec. Let's move next to Spectre of the Gun. What's their reason for having an old west theme? Well, I, I reckon that uh, <laughs> the, the 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 main thing here is that this episode, as I understand it, is the is the earliest of the of the ones that we're reviewing, and so closer in time to an era when western movies were most popular. So I I think that it's not entirely to do with the story more the era that the episode was made and the opportunity they had to use actors that were used to being in those kind of films and also the use of those sets in such an imaginative way. Because I, as I, from my research, I understand that quite a few of the actors who played the, the, uh, the Earps were uh, in Westerns themselves. And, and DeForest Kelly, he, he was actually in, uh, Gunfight at the OK Corral. He played ah, one of years in that yeah. film. So, so I feel like the, the connection is more in that in that manner rather than uh, rather than in the story itself. More the era that the original series was made and and it uh, and the associations that it has with uh, with with uh, with the actors that they used and uh, and the time at which those Western films were pretty still pretty popular. I suppose the old, the the time original series was made, the old West was it was still in living memory, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so it's the fairly recent West. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, still like eighty years ago, so right from the sixties. So what would that be now? Like, yes, it's like be... the thirties. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, I um, suppose it was it was a good way to reuse a lot of existing sets and props from other stuff they could get quite cheaply. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think they did it very effectively in the, in in the in the in the premise. 
to have it to have it pulled from Kirk's mind and be the be the stage for a very elaborate execution uh, yeah. that the Melcotts wanted to carry out. It's it's a classic uh, original series setup, isn't it? Um, where they they pull something. Uh, from the mind of one of the mm. characters to basically to fit the sets they have available <laughs> yeah, or the yeah. uh, the idea that they wanted to, yeah. to crowbar in. But I mean, I really yeah. like the, the the kind of set design of Spectre of the Gun, whether it was sort of done as a budget saving idea, I don't know, to have it kind of say stagey, but mm. just have sort of the front mm-hmm. of all of the building. Oh, it's really striking. It looks really um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, very theatrical. Yeah, it's it's, it's very very surreal. Mm. It, it's it's very trippy, <laughs> you know, kind of just. Yeah. yeah, it's really neat, and and that's such a good point that 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 like westerns were just super popular. Like that was just a really popular thing. Just like it'd be like if if they did an episode now with of like superheroes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I mean, it re- it reminded me a lot of I don't know if anyone's seen a film called Dogville by uh, Lars von Trier, where yes, the the idea film. was that it was it's, I, it's it's really good. I think it's it's long, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but it, the idea is is that it's it's just actors on a stage, and they you sort of imagine that the set is there. Um, but there, there isn't actually a set at all, and it's sort of, um, you know, after a while, you just get drawn into the the story and the and the acting. And Spectre of the Gun has that kind of experimental, sort mm. of theatery feel to it. And yeah, I, I just, really I wonder is. what audiences at the time made of that. It's, I, th- I, just, I think it's it's cool. Like it holds up really well mm. uh, to modern standards. It's a cool idea. I mean, was that the first? Because you you had a lot of things like um, the prisoner and stuff like that. Does that mm. predate things like the prisoner? Which is very I guess of... it was sort of around the same sort of time, maybe. Mm. Um, sort of sense of disjointed place and yeah, like, dreamlike, kind of quirky sixties yeah. kind of TV, maybe. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. You say it's 60s TV making, so it's mm. very kind of 60s feel to it. So there must mm. have been more than just that. That's true. But then a moment ago, I just said it, it feels like very modern. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm quite inconsistent in uh, what I'm saying and thinking. <laughs> right. I think it's cool. It is cool. It's definitely cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Now let, let's... Let's uh, hear why go west in a fistful of datas. So, in a fistful of datas, because it's a next generation episode, obviously it's a holodeck story. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Perfect. And Perfect reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it feels like with the with Spectre of the Gun and North Star, you you can raise a few questions around. Um, it being a kind of a Wild West scenario. But I think if you make it a holodeck story, it's like, well, that that's your answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they just, were going just to the Old West on. to experience the Old West. Yeah, that that's it. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea is that uh, Worf's son, who um, he constantly forgets that he has, uh, <laughs> Alexander... <laughs> wants to remind him of his existence. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, wants to spend time with his father, which is which is his father's worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, poor in Alexander! The, in the opening poor of the episode, Alexander. like Worf really wanted to do some security drills and stuff. And Picard, who was he, Picard just wanted to play his bloody flute. <laughs> but Picard just had, basically has to force him to go and spend time with his son, and he. Mm. Worf looks utterly. He sits down in his chair at the beginning, <laughs> devastated. He's like, "Right, okay, yeah, we can spend some time together." And Alexander's like, "Yay!" <laughs> it's like, "Oh God, it's harrowing." <laughs> um, but yes, the idea is that Alexander has written this program with the help of Reg Barkley, um, which explains why. Because you, you do kind of think, well, how I can't remember how old Alexander's meant to be, like six or seven, mm. but you do wonder what his experience of Westerns is, really. Uh, but um, maybe Barclay is the kind of Western fan. So it's like the, the whole the whole town is it's a big old Western cliche, but like that <laughs> that fits because that's the it, it's a holodeck program. It's it's a story. It's sort of meant to be that so yeah I, I think it works pretty well in that regard yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's funny i think it's good they used to go ahead sorry i was gonna say i think it's good that they use a child because you know what kid doesn't like playing cowboys and stuff hmm. i think that well gives it maybe, rather than have maybe a half klingon kid who sort of grew up <laughs> um I can't remember where he did. He grew up with his grandparents, and then he lives on the Enterprise. Well, I, just, I don't know yeah, what he was on Earth, you know. So yeah, he yeah. In the, the Ural Mountains, West didn't he? Mince. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So no, maybe maybe Westerns <laughs> were part of his kind of yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, Troy says that he, he would read a lot of Western stories to her. Mm. Which I thought yeah, was interesting. They didn't say that he was into Western movies. He was into yeah. Western mm. literature. Uh-huh. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. He had the novelization of Back to the Future 3. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Western of all time. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd second that. It's, the best, it's one of the best Westerns ever made, if not the Definitely. best. <laughs> and it's the only one that has a pink hoverboard in it. Right? That's so. very points. Very true. All right. And Ross, how about Far From Home? So, as I said, it's not, it's not really a Western. It's just coded as a Western. And I think, I, I don't know when the idea of it, you know, will make the scene in the bar in the town, will make it a Western. I'm, I wonder when that came about, because it could have been just the, the director as he'd started reading the script thinking, yeah, we can do this like a Western. But it's very much in the style of the Old West. It's very thematically a pastiche of like Western tropes. Two strangers arrive in a two-bit, one horse dried up mining town. Then they drive out the no good varmints that are putting the squeeze on the oppressed locals. <laughs> there's a saloon <laughs> and a gunfight, and there's spurs. And I mean, no one ever says, no one ever mentions the old west. Though no one ever mentions, no one ever says, oh, this is 
you know, as they walk through the swing doors of the, uh, the old-style saloon. And no one says, oh, it's just like an old-style saloon, which is obviously what I would have said if I'd walked into a bar just like that. Um, but no one ever mentions it. You just get the idea of it. But even even the way it's cut, you know, they, as, the, as, as Tilly and Saru walk through the door, it goes quiet. I half expected the organ to start playing after a few seconds. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the people, you know, silently just reaching for their weapons. It was all very Clint Eastwood. But so a Western, the idea of a Western without being the Old West, why they did it? I, th- I think because they could. Maybe they put the swing doors up first and just thought, I've had a great idea. I know exactly what we'll do here. We'll cut it like a western. And yeah. it works. It looks good. Um, and when Zara does spit at the end, there is no spittoon. I thought, that's a real missed opportunity. Like, there should have been like... <laughs> yeah, he just, he just spits on the floor, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. spits on the floor. Oh, I don't know if he's disgusted. He's angry. <laughs> He's yep. walking to his death. <laughs> well, that's not true. He comes back, and that hope is you. But he, he thinks he's going to die. And I thought that's a real opportunity there for him to bang, ding. But you know, they, <laughs> they could have post. They could have post production that. They could have post production that if they wanted to. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> they should have. But uh, what it, I go it does feel like the. No, go for it. Sorry, sorry, you go, Russ. I was saying, yeah. Why go west? I think just because they thought we could, we can, we should, maybe we will. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think it it sort of it's quite a, an efficient way of telling you of, of giving you a, like a feel of of that place. Mm. Like as soon as you see the kind of saloon doors and they walk in, it's like right, okay. So they're on a planet where it's it's like they're out on the frontier. It, mm-hmm. It's um, yeah, you know, they're not in the middle of a civilized place. They're out on the edge, mm. um, and that. You know, very quickly you understand that yeah. in the story, and it's a, it's Absolutely. a trope in sci-fi that's been used um, a, a lot, isn't it? The yeah. space as the as as the Wild West, the final frontier. Yeah, 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 the final frontier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. and li- literally, like their their horse broke down in this town, you know, in the old yeah. town, West town, mm-hmm. and they, you know, need help from the locals. Like, that's the everyone's cover story, usually, but the, in this case, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and they're straight, they're not from around here. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really interesting choice to make it a Western, I think. I love it. What a, what a great way to start their yeah. experience oh, actually, in the 33rd yeah. century or whatever it is. And it turns actually the usual Star Trek trope of them having greater technology, of course, it turns on its head. Mm. Because they Yeah, really you're absolutely them. right. Yeah. Mm. And that is and just... that's just how great the evil villain is, because he really he uses that idea against them so much. He very quickly pieces together that they're time travellers and that they're from the past and that he is going to be able to one up mm. them because they simply don't have the technology that he has. And yeah, he's very, very evil. They do. Yeah, yeah. He, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They did, he didn't. Sure he that. didn't account for that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like. I mean, we're we're all sort of meant to be working against each other, aren't we? We've actually been a bit supportive of of Ross's. Uh, <laughs> we should be. We should be tearing. Him down. Sorry. <laughs> So in the spirit of that, um, they're on a really icy planet. That's not the Wild West. That is not the Wild West. That is Parasite (laughs) Planet. There you go. 
Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Parasite you're right. ice, not dusty old. Dusty desert, old, like, so. no tumbleweed. Where are the horses? Tumbleweeds, that's a it. Single horse. <laughs> no watering hole or anything right like that. No. Do they wear the right boots? I don't think oh, they, they do wear the right boots. Well, they are wearing well, boots with spurs on. literally has spurs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Damn it. Damn. Okay, that's the one thing they have. That's the right boots. <laughs> okay, they have the right boots right. and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, what are we doing for points? Where's everybody's point going to? We'll just do that. Everybody has a point to give for each category. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which, yeah, yeah. All right. Wants to start. So, I think I think my point's going to go to North Star because that is legitimately hey. old west. So it, you know you can't really say fairer than that. What, why go west? Well, it was the old west, so they they literally had nowhere else to yeah. go. It had to be the west. Mm. Okay. 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 How about how about how about Rick Ricky? Uh, I think I'm probably going to go first. I'm going to give my point to Spectre of the Gun because um, I just really enjoy. I just enjoy the presentation of it being pulled from the mind and um, being used as the most elaborate, over-the-top, ridiculous scenario for the Melcots. Just wanted to put them to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Rick P. Um, it's it's pretty tough. I think. I'm going to go for Fistful of Datas because, because that's the one that's maybe the most over the top. It's the most sort of yeah. accentuated Western episode. Um, it, it leans into a lot of the sort of classic things you think of when you think of that 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 world depicted in, right. in drama. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that. Okay, one. and uh, Gemma? I think I'm going to give mine too far from home because it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's, well, um, it's quid pro quo, is it? Okay, excellent. Sorry? Quid pro quo. No, no, no. Genuinely, because it, um, it, there's no kind of, there's no dodgy reason why they're in the West. They're not in the West. They're mm. just, they are in a place that kind of falls into that category because of its remoteness and its rundownness and its desperation. And they, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go for that because mm, it, it's, it's okay. interesting and turns you on his head. Okay. I like it. Okay. You go, well. Well. Um, can it... Uh... Is it is it crude to give a point to your own episode? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, no, really, no, 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 it's voted, isn't it? It's not. No, I do you know actually. No, I'm going to give another point to North Star um, because I I like it is it is a slightly silly reason um, that it is still the Wild West, but they are they are people who were taken from the West from the wild west times and put on a planet and they they remade the wild west and it just feels like it's the most i feel like enterprise takes that story pretty seriously like all, all the others are, 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 are kind of play around with the idea like specter of the gun is sort of theatrical and fistful of data's daft and far from home is a kind of a it's like a take on it but it's not really the wild west but enterprise kind of 
lays it on lays it all out there and it's like they've actually gone to the the wild west effectively mm-hmm. and it's a serious story um which i think was kind of riskier uh, a riskier way to do it and so yeah i'm gonna give my point to uh, north star Woo! Okay. <laughs> all right and i'm gonna give my point to far from home for this category because i i agree with with what Gemma said i i i think it i think it's really interesting to 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 code this as a western because it, it they really were in the situation where they were in this this strange new frontier and it kind of they're a thousand years in the future but they're going they're coding it as something so far in our past like i, th- I thought that was just a really neat idea and i, I like the way they did that so i'm giving them a point for making that a re- code for coding that as a western very cool idea all right so that's nice everyone's got a point i know this is great yeah <laughs> north star and far from home are joint leading so. love it boo <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know also well done guys <laughs> and also I, really, I like those episodes so i'm so conflicted <laughs> <laughs> so funny yeah it's, when we do this there's no ego about what episode you're championing yeah championing yeah, yeah. because you can't because they're all so good <laughs> yeah there's no real winner because i like yeah. all of star trek like, we're all <laughs> winners there's no loser yeah that's a better way of looking at it <laughs> glass half full that's right all right ricky where are we going for round two so round two uh, it's coming in for high noon. Our contestants are facing off opposite ends of Main Street. And who's going to be the quick draw? By which I mean, what's our best gunslinging moment from each episode? Ooh. Ooh. Wow. All right, let's start with... Uh, let's start with Rick P for this one. Okay. Um, well, I, I think, you know, with, uh, with there being... a. With this episode being based around the gunfight at the OK Corral, I think this episode has a it, it kind of builds to that point pretty well with the gunslinging, um, but it does require a bit of a a Deus Ex mind meld <laughs> to um, to kind of get through that. Uh, I don't, if I'm honest, I think that you know this this episode definitely has a moment like that, but. But like like we were talking about before, um, it's more sort of if anything they're trying to to get around gunslinging. <laughs> right. They're trying to work out ways to sort of change change the the events of what's going to happen because they know what's going to happen is that you know they're the bad guys, they're the Clanton gang, and um, and they're going to get shot. So they so they and they can't avoid that. Eventually, I think they kind of, you know, they come to the realization that they can't avoid that, and they get to that point. They, you know, they, they, they do get to that point where there's the gunfight. Um, but yeah, it it, it does, <laughs> it does take a mind meld so that they're not, you know, so they're not really aggressive, and so I don't know. <laughs> I think that's interesting. Go ahead. I, I I mean I I really like the the bit where they get to the shootout and the you know the the 
the the crew just stand there and and get shot mm. but the bullet yeah. bullets just go through them um i think that's a really cool moment i i also like it's a really like it's a sort of a low tech effect you know um it's not like a sort of a high budget kind of crazy special effect idea but it's just it just looks cool you know they're stood in front of that that kind of a wooden fence and it just gets blasted apart by bullets mm. and they're unharmed I, I, it's cool um, it does look amazing and it's like it's kind of a great sort of moment where they they absolutely refuse to to fight it kind of like, it sort of subverts the idea of it being a western in a way um <laughs> Because you yeah, don't right. get that that gunfight. Because uh, that would be, exactly the, that would be the, the, the ultimate showdown, wouldn't it, of any Western? And they don't do yeah. it. They, they, they offer peace, yeah. uh, which is, I mean, that's just Kirk through and through, isn't it? If he can find a way of peaceful means, he will. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point you've made. It's like Marty McFly <laughs> having the, the you know, yeah. the, uh, yeah. thing under it's his shirt. I mean, even though, like, Kirk does take a peaceful approach, but then he just, like, beat the shit out of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it admits like, at the end that, yeah, no, I did want to kill him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does, doesn't he? I just wanted to do it in a punchy way, not in a shooty way. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it was, like, it was quite a bold decision. I, I would imagine there would have been some pressure kind of from the from the studio if they're going to do a wild west episode to have a like a shootout in it yeah and for the story to go with the crew being sort of like pacifist to the point that they're willing to just stand there and be shot mm. I, I would imagine there'd be some ex- some studio exec saying i i don't know i think people want to see a someone to see a gunfight <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this episode. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's kind of a bold move in the mm-hmm. story to do that. And they do use yeah, the word I draw think. a lot in that episode. That they talk about it a lot. They're always if you don't draw, I'm gonna draw. Draw. They're, they're mm-hmm. saying draw a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Very little drawing actually happens. Uh, they wait they wait yeah. till the end. They they talk about it, but they don't do it till the very end. Hmm. Yeah. Well, sh- someone shoots Chekhov. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Chekhov. Oh, that is true. But then he's not true. Dead. <laughs> and no one addresses the fact that you know he he experienced dying. Yeah, they they don't care about that. They just want to talk about that girl that you really fancied. <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute, didn't Chekhov actually die? Like, couldn't we? What? Yeah, can we talk about what that experience was like? They just want to make jokes about how he fancied a girl. <laughs> oh, okay. And even that was really surreal too. Like there was, it wasn't like bloody or gory or anything. He just clutched his chest mm-hmm. and he fell over. So just yeah, yeah that was realness quite... of it all. You know. Yeah, very it's much really like a sort of like a piece of theater rather than yeah, yeah, TV in that yeah. way. Yeah. All right. All right, who uh, who's our quick quick draw in uh, Fistful of Datas? So, in Fistful of Datas, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the the actual kind of. Um, although I sh- I mean I should even as I'm saying that it's I'm changing my mind because I think the kind of runner up uh, kind of person should be Troy because Troy's pretty badass in this episode. <laughs> He's so badass. 
Yeah, she looks great in in yeah. her kind of wild west yeah. getup. She's she's wielding that rifle like like she was born to, yes. to, to swing a rifle around. Durango. She probably the does. That's so cool. Yeah, that is so Durango. Cool. I wish I had a wild west name. I haven't got one. <laughs> and like she she probably fires off more shots in that episode than than anyone else does. Um but yeah, but but I think I think the the, the point I'm going to go for is where they they do actually have a kind of a, a high noon t- type standoff, and um, Worf is facing like an entire pack of daters. Um, I don't know what you'd call a pack of daters. <laughs> a fistful. A fist, yeah. Fistful. A fist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. The episode tells us fistful. Yeah, good point. Um. And um, Wolf, Wolf sort of. Diff- oh, there, there's a hilarious moment where the Mexican data, <laughs> problematic Mexican, pro- yeah, problematic stereotype Mexican data, kind of like he just he just weirdly sort of shuffles out of view because he's a bit scared. <laughs> um, that that made us chuckle. Yeah, but but. Um, yeah, Wolf shoots the, uh, one of one of the one of the the data's gang who's also data throws uh throws him a gun and um wharf just shoots it out of his hand uh and then that's it the the duel is over i mean it's a crack shot from mm. wharf um but it kind of would have been cooler if he'd like shot data in the head because it's like it's a, it's the holodeck it's like that would have messed him up um yeah maybe and i i do think it's like it's 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 TNG, and so you, you can't really have Wolf murdered Data <laughs> even on the holodeck. <laughs> so they they do have a sort of peaceful solution, having shoot the gun out of his hand. But it, it's it's a tiny bit lame. You say but, that, but later on they they do in Voyager they have holodeck simulations where Tuvok murders Neelix. Yeah, with like his bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, maybe I don't think it's out, outside of the realms of possibility they could have done that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good. Although point. The, the tone, the tone of those moments are quite different, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose it's yeah. The the thing with the fistful of data is it's utterly it's utterly a comedy episode, and so to have a bit where data is shot dead, maybe is <laughs> just a bit jarring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but I'm gonna even though I've said that that moment is a bit lame. I, I've chosen that moment, so <laughs> there we go. So I hope, uh, hope I get your points. He uses a very, um, I would say, a very original series Star Trek method of um, assisting himself. He makes that little um, force field belt. Very, very yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? That's more of a kind of a cool, uh, maybe you should have picked that. Um, <laughs> But I didn't. <laughs> so I suppose it's it. not technically a, a, a gunslinging moment, is it? It's it isn't a gunslinging moment. Defending no, against gunslinging moments. <laughs> it's absolutely the Marty McFly um, bulletproof well, thick shield thing. Or right? Clint Eastwood. I think you'll find actually. Yeah, it's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, because that was the actual what they were referencing in Back to the Future yeah. Three. It was the Clint Eastwood moment, but. <laughs> But as far as I'm concerned, Back to the Future Three is yeah. I mean, like Back to the yeah. Future Three was the first ever Western, right? The first ever Western. All the other Westerns <laughs> referencing, homaging Back to the Future Three. 
exactly. <laughs> yeah, Back to the Future 3 and these four Star Trek episodes are the only Westerns I've ever seen. So. <laughs> there you go. See, that's all there are. <laughs> Not missing anything. <laughs> you see how exactly. You've seen all you need to. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right. How about in Far From Home? So I could have picked some uh, genuine moments of gunplay, but I have instead opted for a very cool moment where Zara is is prepping to shoot Giorgio in the back with he's got those guns which like fire a continuous burning beam. And he's about to shoot Giorgio in the back. And then Saru unleashes his modified spiky ganglia oh, yeah. and shoots Zara yes. in his in his guts and it's super quick and super cool <laughs> and we never get to see we don't often see Saru using his like his spiky weapons and I thought that's great that's like a blink and you miss it moment as well because they don't meant they don't talk about it or anything it's just he's got that hidden weapon in his own head and he utilizes it brilliantly yeah. And that's what brings Zara down, effectively. And then George obviously kills everyone else. Um, but it's just so <laughs> cool to watch it happen. That's the moment I picked. Uh, so not not quick draw, not necessarily gunslinging, but definitely quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Saru's totally like, surprise! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that was a surprise, Saru. <laughs> it was. It was. I forgot well, that you could do that. <laughs> That's a pretty I'm badass feature to have, too. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I was so happy to see that moment. Um, yeah. My wife's not a massive fan, but I was watching that episode with her, and it's one of those moments where she just sort of rolls her eyes and shakes her head because I was absolutely... <laughs> I was going bananas at how cool that bit was. <laughs> how, does, how does going bananas manifest itself yeah. in you, Rick? May I wait? I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> it's a visual thing, and we're obviously we're on a podcast, which is an audio thing. So. Yeah. It involves nudity, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need those visuals. No, well, they'll, they'll be on an episode of Lower Decks, so with black squares <laughs> in place. Oh, that's great. All right. And then who's our gun gunslinger or quick draw in North Star? Well, it's, uh, for me, it's Archer um, cutting through the base of the uh, the balcony to drop the guy oh, down oh, and then yeah. just casually stunning yeah, him. Right. Yeah. He yeah. phases. Do, 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 stun. Yeah. He phases it. Falls through. Do, 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 stun. And yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah, nice and casual. The nice move. It's, and, I guess uh, is, it, is it security? Notably, though, what's his name? Uh, the security guy never Reed. hits Reed. his mark. Reed never hits his mark. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's the way a, an old west fight works. You know, there's a yes. million bullets, and maybe one or two will hit. <laughs> true. Yeah. That's a Star Trek thing and a Western thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few a few sh uh, shots go into the um, the water trough. I noticed they, they right. used yeah. the yeah. 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 So, yeah. But I do I mean, I guess in argument to your gunsl is is a phaser a, a, a gun it's, does that count as gunslinging? It's a gun, it's a yeah. handheld well, it's not projectile, it's a ranged weapon. Mm. It's a multi purpose tool. 
What, you know, right? it's kind of like a gun with a bayonet on it because he could, like, you know, cut through the, the roof and then shoot the guy, you know? Yeah. It counts. It counts. Totally counts. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm just I'm just trying to bring Gemma down because I want that point, even though I, I don't know if I sold my gunslinging moment well enough because I criticized it as I said it. So, right, me, and, me and Jenna invoking share of powers, that absolutely counts, particularly yeah. those face those face pistols because they're the most gun-like ones going. True. That's yeah. a good point. These, yeah. these are early 22nd century or whatever. Who's sheriff powers? Yeah, no, where is Soapy? Is he taking a rest? <laughs> he's just having a yeah, he's having a little break. He's in the toilet. <laughs> he's making his corn cup pipe. There's a there's a um a not it's there's a gun involved scene that's not actually a gun slinging scene. It's a kind mm. of it's a build up to a possible gun when they're in the bar. The, sorry, the um. Uh, saloon. Yeah, Nearly said yeah. tavern then. Saloon. <laughs> and um the old uh the deputy walks in and you, you know, you know he's a wrong and oh he's already mm. lynched a guy. And the the poor skank who's who's tending bar and sweeping kind of mm. comes a bit of a cropper and at one point he puts the gun on the table and starts baiting the skag. Pick up the gun. Go on, pick up the gun. Mm. And that's oh, a cl- yeah. classic moment. Yeah, and yeah. um an archer does the little flip of the coat yes, around does. Yeah, the uh, yeah. gun in preparation for it kicking off. Oh, that is cool. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a lovely, like low angle shot, and yeah, like you see, yeah. yeah, you see him pulling the coat. Oh, it's cool. It's he, cool. Almost, he almost wiggles his fingers. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, like Archer is like he it really suits him being a cowboy, oh, doesn't yeah, he? Really He's does. cool in this episode. It's a joy in that episode. Actually, it's yeah. brilliant. But I mean, for, uh, um, but for the sake of trying to win a win a point, uh, you're wrong, Jeremy. <laughs> that is stupid when that happens. <laughs> All right. So speaking of points, where's your where's yours going then, Will? Oh man. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a point um, to Spectre of the Gun um, because the the kind of I really remember that scene at the end where the where the crew line up and uh, they all get shot and the bullets go through them mm. and kind of decimate that fence behind them. I remember that. I must have seen that episode as, as a kid, but I didn't remember that it was from that episode. I just had that image right. in my head. And it was it was like years and years later when I kind of rewatched uh original series and saw Spectre of the Gun, I was like, oh, right, okay, that's where that scene is from. That's where I remember it from. So, like, it's such a strong kind of iconic uh, memory for me. I'm going to vote for that. That is cool. How about you, Gemma? I'm going to go for Fistful of Datas because it's such a classic high noon walking down the street, everybody's running inside, standoff moment. And, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go for that simply because it it just embraces that classic. <laughs> it it literally trope. is a gun slinger, it mate. Like it's yeah. everything about it is and yeah. To, data in the you know in the like the kid the king bad guy uh, he looks pretty cool in that outfit. That is a yeah pretty yeah. cool. He really costume. does. Yeah. All right, Ross, where's your point going? 
I feel I I'm still really excited by Saru's spikes, so I might <laughs> I might give it to him. I'm gonna give Saru the spikes and give him the quick draw quick draw point. All right. I like the way you say you're going to give that point to Saru rather than saying you voted for yourself. <laughs> well, I, I want to keep it distant. It's a very political manoeuvre to say it's us and them, and obviously he's, he's winning and I'm just an innocent bystander. I really have no control of what's happening. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like it. All right, Rick P. Um, I think I'm going to go for a fistful of datas as well. Um, yes. <laughs> I like Gemma was saying. It's there's a, there's a great moment in the episode where when Durango Troy arrives and I think she shoots the guy's hat off. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that, that just, that's yeah. just a, a classic sort of thing to happen in yeah. uh, in a western. So, so that gets my I think my vote goes that way. My point. Okay, how about Ricky? So I was so close to fistful of datas because when Will said um, he was he was thinking about um, Troy and her gunslinging abilities, I was like, "Yeah, those are brilliant." But then he changed his, his thing back to Wharf, so oh, he literally lost my point there. It's um, Ross has won it with Saru's face spikes because they're amazing. So far from home for me. I knew you go bananas for that, Rick. I knew you would. <laughs> yeah. oh, <man. laughs> has gone bananas for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give my point for to a fistful of datas because yes. in this it's just a funny holodeck episode no excuse let's just have fun in the holodeck with a western and they deliver that with the classic shootout at the end and it's just such a classic fun shootout at the end and I just love that so I'm giving my point there Brilliant. Oh, cool, well done. cool. Well done, Will. Thanks. All right. No hard <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Fistful of Data is in Far From Home. They both have four points. And Spectre yeah. of, of the Gun and North Star both have two points. Ah! Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yay! All right. <laughs> All right, Rick, where are we going for round three? Round three. So, strangers just passing through might need a place to stay so they can try the best Western. Uh, which is a roundabout way of saying which what what part of your episode is the best Western homage? Ooh. Right. So. Let's start this time um, with Will. Fistful Datas. Okay, well, there is actually there's kind of a direct Western homage in this episode, uh, which I only know about because I've read about it on Memory Alpha. Oh, I don't know if this where... counts. Well, no, you no, didn't see it yourself. No, you're right. You're right. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a different thing. But I'm gonna describe <laughs> this thing. I'm gonna, in, I'm gonna indulgently describe another thing. <laughs> um, Will is on the podcast. Just so I get more time to talk. So. <laughs> Um, so it's it's a mo- uh, there's there's a shot um, where you see Alexander just uh, hiding. You can see him underneath the the saloon doors, and apparently that shot is a direct homage to the to the movie Shane, yes. which I I That's haven't right. seen, and I didn't clock that as a direct Shane, homage. Shane. I don't understand those references. They don't. They don't say that in Back to the Future Three, the first one. So. Just, just, 
<laughs> Shane's Shane's mentioned in um, Die Hard Three, I think. I've seen Shane, but oh, I remember. <laughs> I'm sure because they're, they're talking about the end of Shane in Die Hard Three. I think. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, right. That's the first time I heard about that film, but I have I have seen Shane, but I don't I don't remember that part of it. Um, I was I was going to say, isn't Shane mentioned in um, It's Only a Paper Moon? Isn't that Nog oh, and Vic Fontaine watching it? They're watching. Are they watching Shane? I don't, they're, no, I'm watching something else. Um, with, no, they're uh, watching a different one. I think they're watching no. Back to the Future Three. <laughs> 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 that would that would be amazing. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> it's a great film, Pally. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. You, you know, um, you know what? Some people in, listening to this now are all shouting whatever it is they're watching at us. Yeah. Yes, yeah, but we we can't hear them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how that was John Chris Pike in it. That was the that's the connection, isn't it? It was a film that starred. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, that I can't remember the chap's name. It's going to have my head, but it's going to come through. It's like the def- I don't want to say the Defenders, but it's not the Defenders. It's something. It's going to sound a bit like that. Uh, I can't remember. Somebody, the somebody has to Google the it. The outside. This is going to be a very. Like um, Gary Lockwood. Gary Lockwood was the actor, was it? Was that the actor? Ah, oh, hang on. I, I've just memory alphaed it. And so what it's saying is. The 1956 John Ford movie, The Searchers, is slightly better movie than the 1953 George Stevens movie, Shane, along with John Wayne. Ah, so the protagonist of The Searchers was Jeffrey Hunter, yeah. That's it, yeah. Mm. That's it. Jeffrey Archer. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's, he's the politician guy. Ah, got Among, it. Amongst other things. Yeah, famous villain Jeffrey I think, Archer. I think this... <laughs> <laughs> I think this, this it's good that we've um stay we've managed to stay true to the way we podcast by going off on this tangent. I mm, um, love it. But <laughs> let's go back to but a fistful of data. <laughs> but yeah, also we apologize listeners for doing that. So, yeah. Um, that bit might have been boring for you. <laughs> no, but that was that was my favorite um, but yeah, my I'm going to say that the, my my favorite homage from Fistful of Datas is the title Fistful of Datas, which yes. is a riff on uh, uh, Fistful of Dollars, which oh, is a, nice uh, a classic yeah. um, western. So I actually think the best homage is yeah, it's just the title. I think Fistful of Datas is a great title, even though in my poem I said they should have called it a few datas more. I was wrong. I, that was just because it rhymed. <laughs> The title of this for the datas is good. We all compromise our integrity for the sake of rhyme. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Every day, every day, Rick. <laughs> all right. How about in Far From Home? Okay, best Western homage. Uh, I've gone for uh, Zara's entrance to the saloon through the swing doors. Yes. He appears with his gang of goons. And we get actually a very similar shot to the one you mentioned from uh, from Fistful of Datas and Shane of his feet. And then it sort of travels up as he strides into the bar and there are spurs on his shoes which shake as he walks. And then we get a look at his no-good mustachioed face. And then there, there's an audible swish of a rattlesnake tail. So you know he is a real villain.
You must be our friends. On the USS Discovery. And that is that's a proper Western saloon entrance of a villain into a into a bar. I mean, they've done it absolutely spot on. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. There's no there's no subtlety about no. that. They they, they no. don't leave the audience wondering what they were going for. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. You know who that is. And, I mean, and that's- and that makes the Spurs even more funny because there's literally no reason that that guy would ever need Spurs. You don't know that. He could be riding Longhorns. He gets out on his Longhorn. I guess he could. Blue horns. Blue horns. Oh, I love it. That's a great pick. Oh, we don't know. Those spurs could be like All his right. personal transporter unit or something. They might. You might just. Well, I'll keep them on my boots. That's sensible. Yeah. Yeah, it could, could just be could be like just hit, be fashion. Like his heels or, and, yeah. I've, I've never come across spurs for sale. I wonder if you know could they want be one of the little affectations that catch us on again? You know, suddenly everyone's got a pair of spurs. We're you know everyone out, everyone's out with a you know a spur on your left or right. It'd know. be good in, if when it's in icy conditions, you could just dig your heels mm. in. They would, slipping down do you know who, yeah, they right. wouldn't be very good for ninjas? No. Because they're too jangly, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know just, he's coming. Yeah. Just yeah. a step yeah. up from Healy's, really, aren't they? Just a step up from Healy's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah, we've got Healy's. Maybe I don't want are. kids in Spurs. I no. Think. Only yeah, adults yeah. only. Totally. That's fair. <laughs> it's for adults. Yeah, it's for adults. Yeah, yeah. Kids can have the Well, the kids also have the Heelys and they also have the shoes that light up too. Those, yeah. those I can see those catching on for grown-ups. In like, yeah, <laughs> but again, not for ninjas. Not ninjas. Again, really, not yeah. Ninja. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. for ninjas. <laughs> If you're a ninja and you're wearing shoes that light up and had spurs, you'd you'd be you'd be regretting some, your you life would. choices as you were sneaking at <laughs> sneaking so up on say, the target. Are you really committed to this lifestyle? Right. Yeah. I think I failed really ninja one hundred and one there. <laughs> you'd have to be the best ninja ever to be able to compensate for those. True. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's like you're a so committed. Move. To be a ninja yeah. and wear all that stuff. It's like, even with all these tells, you can't catch me. So yeah. We're good yeah. of a ninja. <laughs> we've, yeah. Do you know, we've just, between us, we've just come up with, like, the most badass ninja. <laughs> uh, we, we need, we need to get books. in touch with yeah. Hollywood about this, because this is a good story. How's about they also, they also wear really um, synthetic clothing that sparks when it rubs together in the dark. Oh, and Ooh. like a squeaky leather jacket as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing this ninja at a rave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. All right. How about how about for North Star? What's our well, best Western? Homage? There's a few. There's a few. I mean, it opens up on a posse. And a lynching, which I don't know, makes me think of something like High Plains Drifter or, or um, or a Pale Rider. I'm not sure something like that, where it starts off with something dark. What, or, or the first Western, Back to the Future <laughs> Three, where they where Biff's gang try and hang Marty. <laughs> um, so no, that was it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, 
yeah so yeah a good old a good old fashioned posse yeah um that's a pretty that's a pretty yeah that's it and then of course you've got the uh the the near near shootout in the saloon which is broken up by uh Archer. Yeah, and you've yeah. got pe- people, people slowly backing, slowly out, of backing out of the saloon when they yeah. sense yeah. violence is coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, at one point, well, no, that doesn't really work out. That's every action movie um, <laughs> where the protagonist gets beaten up and thrown in jail. Oh, do you well, get that's thrown like in jail? that's every episode of Enterprise yeah. <laughs> that happens to Archer, right? <laughs> so I'm going to um, go for my lynching, my yeah. posse. And lynching at the beginning. Yeah, it's a, it's a, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, you know, not every Star Trek. Jailbreak. What am I talking about? There's a jailbreak. Yes, it's a very low key jailbreak. They don't rip off the the window. No, Um, it's a low budget jailbreak. (laughs) They just just open the the door. Um, I was going to say it's like I don't think there are many episodes of star trek that open like with a man just being hung to death no. and then the, and then the jaunty titles so, oh, oh yes that, that was the first yeah. time I mean, you hit- seen it often but i really felt like any tension they had built up in that opening <laughs> was immediately dissipated by the upbeat uh it's really really ruined it yeah because even the upbeat version of the theme song too so you go right into it and it's just yeah, totally ruins the mood. <laughs> well, maybe the makers yeah. of it thought, "Oh, oh, geez, what have we done? How do we, how do we bring this back?" Oh, we'll just roll <laughs> the time. Like, oh, like, oh, 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 that'll <laughs> cheer everyone up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've also got the meeting in the barber's shop where the lawman is oh, getting. Oh, shit. that's good. Yeah, he's got yeah. the straight razor and everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's and I, equivalent, yeah. a nice that's scene a back to uh, Spectre of a Gun where they have the same sort of scene where he goes in and it's uh, he's like chatting to the person and he doesn't realise that the guy having a shave is Doc Holiday, which I thought was a, yeah. you know, a nice yeah. little like, dramatic twist, uh, which yeah. is great. Gemma, right. I feel like instead of picking one thing, you picked all the things. That <laughs> I have literally thrown everything at the wall to see what's next. That's, that's so, a good, it's a clever technique. I can't fault you. you. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How about Spectre of the Gun? Um, so, I mean, I think with this episode, almost all of it is an homage because it's relating to something that actually happened in in Earth's history. Um, and, you know, um, and there's, there, you know, there's also not long before, well, about 10 years before this episode was out, they they did a film of the gunfight at the OK Corral, which DeForest Kelly was in. So mm. there's just all that, there's all that stuff there. And, and I think as well, the, um, the scene, the scene that you just mentioned, Ross, with Doc Holliday and, and and McCoy in the in the pharmacist. I think it's like a pharmacist. Um, bar yeah. pharmacist. Dentist. <laughs> Dentist. That's it. Oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's oh, a great. Yeah. It's a great. There's, there's um, a sign about. It's a great. It's, it's a great scene. I want to. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I won't. I won't kind of um, recite it. 
because there's a, a category later on which I think we. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it's really well done. I, I think in terms of I'm not sure. I mean, I can't remember. I I can't remember. You know, uh, the film Gunfight at the OK Corral well enough to know if there was a, a, a scene with Doc Holliday in in a dentist. And I mean, I know he was a he was an unwell man, but yeah. I can't remember that from the film. Um, but no, I mean, I think you know the because of because of the nature of the episode, the the Melconians, Melkotians, they sort of they, you know Melkotians sort of um, they create they sort of create that um, the whole thing is sort of an homage because it's from the mind of someone and mm. and they're sort of living out they're reliving something, um, um. And, you know, there's, there's that classic Western moment where they, you know, where someone tries to build a a, a grenade, a knockout grenade. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. one of the characters, and, and one of the characters to check it, does, to check it doesn't work, inhales it. <laughs> that is hilarious. Because he's just stood there with the smoke and like, well, no. I wonder if he was getting drunk on the whiskey. Yeah, why is the whiskey helping get drunk? In the effects. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kept thinking oh, it's it's that's over also a classic. Scotty is Scottish, so therefore he drinks too much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that knockout gas would have worked on anyone else, but Scotty is like so hard and such a hard drinker, like nothing can touch him. <laughs> a hard breather as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's in engineering. Maybe it maybe regularly breathes noxious fumes from various equipment malfunctions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think like the the fact that DeForest Kelly was in a movie of the gunfight at the OK Corral, and then he's in this episode, which is the, the story of the gunfight at the OK Corral, is like such a kind of awesome meta homage. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard it's hard for the other episodes to to touch that. <laughs> you know that you, you can't do that with any other kind of era of Shrek. Not that I think Rick should get the point. This <laughs> <laughs> full of data should get the point. But... All right. Well, let's 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 go for points. Um, Ricky, where are you giving your point? Oh, oh, this is a tricky because they all have such amazing ones. Um, yeah. So I think probably. North Star, because that just the tense confrontation in the bar that Gemma spoke of is really, really good. Yeah. So I'm going to go North Star on that one. All right. Gemma, how about you? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, hmm. uh, Did you say, do you, what was that you were saying? Fistful of datas? <laughs> <laughs> Gemma... She didn't want to say it out loud because she was feeling shy, but she said fistful of data. <laughs> I don't know. I I guess um uh uh I can't remember oh my god, I can't remember the title. Um the original series well, the spectrum, yeah. spectrum begun, that is, as you say, the whole thing is an homage. So mm. I'm gonna go with that. There's my point. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about Ross? 
I am very tempted by North Star again because I just think it is a really powerful, like it's a powerful opening. And Gemma mentioned all of the like excellent, like genuine things that happen in westerns happen in this episode, which is great. But I'm totally swayed by the word play in Fiscal of Datas. And that's always mm-hmm. going to get me like, clever, <laughs> clever puns and wordplay. I'm there. As soon as you picked that, I was like, yes, this is where my point's going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and Rick P. Um, uh, I think um, Far From Home, I think, you know, the, just just the sort of that whole thing with the Spurs that, that we were talking about earlier, like it's yeah. a real... It's very um, immediate sort of reference to the genre, I think, and um, so I feel like that's where that that's that's where where I'm thinking. Um, awesome, really. Okay, and Will, um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Russ and just shamefully vote for myself. <laughs> uh, and. Oh well, I don't know. I don't know the shameful, uh, the shameful person. Well, I don't believe it. I can't believe that's how this come to. Ross voted for Saru. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. To vote for exactly. one of the characters. Well, he's an underdog. Okay, that that's true. He I, needs our support. I I'm gonna un- unlike Ross. I'm gonna shamefully stand alone and vote for myself. <laughs> um, because I I think fistful of I, it's the it's the it's the wordplay it's like it's the the brazenness of titling the episode making it a pun on a on a well known western it's I love like it. that's that's the perfect homage just it t- tells you exactly what you're going to get from that episode as well like fistful of data it's like right okay obviously it's a western story uh, with data as a central <laughs> play it's like. Yeah. There's, no, there's no there's no there's no magic there will there's no <laughs> there's nothing to unwrap i'd go. give it if i could give it two points i would but i'm not there so. <laughs> <laughs> i mean in, in terms of if shameless homages fistful of data probably does win because um yeah. apparently patrick stewart directed and the the crew said every day He'd come in and you could tell what westerns he'd watched the night before because he'd come in with all these ideas saying, oh, we should do this and we should do this. And they're like, oh, you've watched funny. this this movie and this movie <laughs> last night got these ideas. <laughs> and they just balls out at the end, have the Enterprise sail off into a sunset. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> they, yeah. And, and, oh, it, looks, it looks beautiful in the HD remaster mm. as well. It's it pretty pretty. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and since we're talk, talking about that, Fistful Adidas is getting my point this round also. Ah, it's just, cool. Like you said, it really is just a, a shameless like <laughs> love note to just all the Western tropes they could think of, and it, it cracks me up. It down, like you said, down to the title <laughs> of the episode. So um, I get a kick out of that. So that's where my point's going. All right. Cool. So after three rounds, um, a fistful of data's in the lead with seven <gasps> points. Yeah. Damn it. Far From Home is second place with five. And then North Star and Spectre the Gun both have three. Mm. All right. Where are we going for our next category? Where's ca- uh, category four going, Rick? Round four. So we all know that in Westerns, they don't take kindly to strangers in these here parts. So if you don't look the part, the sheriff will be watching you. Who's our West dressed? 
Costumes, guys. <laughs> Best Western costuming in your episodes. Love it. All right, let's start with uh, Far From Home this time. What's your West dressed? <laughs> so West West dressed. Um, obviously, they're not they're not dressed in Western clothes in Far From Home. They're wearing sort of futuristic linens and uh, plastic clips, and they're all very dark. Zara is wearing boots with spurs, which is quite quite cowboy. And uh, they all do have some like <laughs> hidden weapons. They're like under their under their schmuck, their smocks. They've got like weapons, which is which is you know quite in keeping with the Western theme. But none of them are dressed like there's no sombreros or ten gallon hats. They're not wearing chaps or anything. <laughs> nothing like that. One thing I did pick, which I thought was sort of stylistically Western, without being while being completely unnecessary, was their the, the outlaws' weapons. They are um, they're, they're sort of long long barreled shotgun types, and they have a hinged barrel, so it's almost like you can clip them open to load them with shotgun shells. Obviously, you don't need to do that, but uh, it really was uh, a really nice little nod to we've made these guns look like old west guns, like with a the hinged barrel mm. and they lock up. So I thought. Although it's not quite dressing, it's as close as you can get. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely you you have the spurs. I think I I feel like that that does give you some 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 credibility, actually, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you personally, yeah. so you it's have your spurs. spurs. Yeah. yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, and if they were them, dressed, yeah. any. Any closer to Western outfits, then it would be too obvious. Too on the nose. You know what I mean? It would yeah. be too on yeah. the nose. Yeah. yeah. Even the well, Spurs have... is a bit on the nose. It, right. <laughs> the Spurs <laughs> is, is overdoing it. Because really, it's the villain. And... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I don't think it's a leather waistcoat. But I think uh, a star yeah. badge would have been yeah. way too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could have done something with, with Georgiou, too. Like... Make her a little bit Western. She could. She could have pulled it. Pulled it off. I think. Mm. Yeah. 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 Like she would be cool in anything. She could have yeah, come absolutely, in. Absolutely. Yeah. Like just fully dressed as like a, like an actual sheriff. <laughs> and you you would have been. Of course. Yeah. 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 Looking right down. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> brim of a hat over her face. <laughs> <laughs> and you just feel like, well, what's weird about that? <laughs> <laughs> She's a badass. Okay. That's how she rolls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Oh, I hope, I hope the um, the writers on the Section Thirty One series are listening to this and taking notes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I just want her in a different costume every episode, <laughs> like a yes. different time like, periods, like Mr. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but they should never explain it or comment on it. Yeah, and it should be yeah. nothing to do with the story. <laughs> Every episode, she's randomly dressed as some other type of thing. Yeah, and it's unrelated to the why tale. You, and no why one you dress it. as a, an Arthurian knight? Ah, well, <laughs> just throws down her lance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How, who is West dressed in North Star? Well, mine has the best costume department in the whole of in all of them. 
you mm. can I, I think you can practically smell their outfits. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, Archer does look as though he's been on the he's been on the trail. Yeah. He's had to walk with his saddlebags and drag in his saddle because his horse died on the way there. <laughs> he's um, no, I, I I think mine is mine is the best. They're all when you say he's dragging there. his saddlebags, is that well, he had an accident <laughs> and um, he doesn't want to talk about it. And it's sore, but, you know, he's just got just to gotta keep going. Um, oh, my saddlebags. <laughs> oh, it's smart. Um, it's, what if, you, if you've been in the saddle that long? That's, that's, that's how they refer to it, isn't it? Saddlebags. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that you had the school teacher in her little buttoned up school teacher dress you had mm. the oh, yeah she did have the classic school marm she did outfit, yeah. yeah i i think yeah I think the, mine the villain of the piece was wearing down. a top hat yeah. like a, a battered old top hat and i wondered was yeah, that it, top oh, hat yeah. 200 it years old furry well was steampunk kind of it was that. very steampunk yeah. and it was kind of furry is that am i thinking of the right hat i or think is that so from, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it like, kind of cool I think, um, I think in the old west, it's Stetsons weren't as weren't as um, common as they're depicted in uh, in movies and on TV. I think there were lots of like bowler hats and top hats. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. hats. It was it was it was the hat era. Yeah, you had to wear a hat. I think you got lots of. Yeah, going back to Back to the Future Three. That's where I've learned that from. How do you I rarely, if ever, do this, but I am saying right now that my point is going to Cowboy Archer because he is incredibly sexy and yeah. <laughs> that's where yeah. my point's going. No offense <laughs> to all the other episodes. Oh, man. But well, let's carry on anyway. <laughs> you, think, you think Cowboy Archer's sexy? You haven't got to oh, my description yes. of Data dressed uh, as a <laughs> as a, a whore at the end. Can we say sex worker, Will? Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Let's sorry, say yeah. sex worker. Okay, yeah, sorry, Rick. <laughs> I, I am just um, so thankful they didn't give him breasts. I. Do you know I? I'm upset that they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about who's West dressed in fistful datas then. (laughs) So I, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to nominate every outfit that Data wears because he, he looks Data's the best. He just he looks like an absolute badass as the as the main villain. Yeah. Um, he's all dressed in black. Uh, he just he just carries that off so well. Yeah, and the mustache like it's just the perfect villain mustache. Like and he wears yeah. it so well. And then yeah, Unlike the Mexican. Well, mustache. now I want to bring up that the data dressed as a Mexican is <laughs> so ridiculous. Mexican. Because it's questionable, so, problematic Mexican. It, it it does feel a little bit little bit of a dated idea to have such a stereotypical kind of mexican character and and yet i feel like the episode is it everything about the holodeck program is kind of a stereotype from you could say from barclay's memory of western so i feel like it's like it's justified and what um, was that what 
sorry, this is a digression. What oh, was that? Um, the film <laughs> with the this. It was almost a spaghetti western. It's a classic, apparently, where he's dragging a um a. a Oh, what's the oh god! What's the word a again? Coffin. A coffin, yes. And there's some, there's some questionable. There's there's like there's loads some... of Mexicans in right. that. Right, that might be like... called uh, Django. Django. Who was it? Was Django? Yeah, the original yeah. Django film. Yeah, and that's very reminiscent of that characterization of the Mexican. It it is it is. Um, um, but I do think it's it's hilarious when that already quite stereotypical sort of Mexican <laughs> guy is replaced by Data. Um, and it's even, it's even more hilarious and um, like, like slightly misjudged. And, but yeah, I feel like maybe the, the, the best moment is where Data is, is dressed as, um, as, as Rick says, a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> she comes running up to Worf and Worf is very un- uncomfortable. I mean, I feel like it would have been a cool, a funnier ending if um, if uh, sex worker Data had actually tried to kiss Worf. Um, I just feel like it's a little bit tame. She kind of, like, gives him a cuddle. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, go further. <laughs> I want to <laughs> okay. see them kiss. Once again, that's your fan fiction I, right there. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I'll save it for um... <laughs> that but it's yeah it's 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 a funny ending it's a bit it's a bit eye-rolling and a bit cringy but at the same time i love it um and i wouldn't have ended it any other way <laughs> right so yeah all of short short answer all of data's costumes <laughs> 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 of data's. and let's let's do give a shout out to to troy Mm, yeah, Troy looks so bad. <laughs> like, yeah. like she, like that costume was made for her. Like she's just so comfortable in it. It's yeah. so great, and especially after you know years of of wearing a like oh, a, gosh, a sort of yes. unfortunately tightly yeah. fitting yeah. Starfleet yeah. uniform, which uniform. yeah, which which well, like, not a uniform per se. Well, no, indeed, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, to to see her getting a costume where she like she looks great in it. Yeah, and yeah. as you um, said, Jen, comfortable. She, yeah, yeah. She, uh, yeah. Like she she's clearly like enjoying like that that whole like everything about that role. It just mm. feels like like all the actors are having a great time, but particularly yeah. um, you know Troy yeah. is uh, well, in her that- element. But- that needs to be a new photo op at conventions. Uh, Troy in in Durango Western gear. Oh man, that'd be great. I think you I got, got, I got the great good shout. You should tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I, I loved getting my Martok in Klingon makeup stuff. So you know, and I think cool. Marina certainly be up for that. It's not like massive makeup or anything like Klingon stuff. So yeah, be a good one. Yeah. I would buy that. The, um... The American Adventure theme park doesn't exist anymore because if you you could have a Star Trek convention there, then that'd, that'd be <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That's a it's a very niche reference. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's theme park fan like like theme park fans twenty years ago would <laughs> oh yeah more than that I think yeah yeah it was like if you lived in the East Midlands in the nineties. We probably went to American Adventure and probably had a great time. Yeah. What was it like? It was like the Wild West? Yeah. So it was a Wild West themed theme park. So it had like a runaway mine train and 
Um, but sadly, it's it's no more. It um, it closed down and the rise was sold off. Um, mm-hmm. I think now it's like a housing estate or something, or a, con- a bit of a country park and a housing estate. A wild west yeah. estate, yeah. Not, not estate not or just a regular one. Yeah, they repurposed the runaway. Tra- they repurposed the runaway mine train. So this public transport <laughs> <on that. laughs> yeah. gets you to the town centre. <laughs> yeah, but apologies for people who didn't live in the East Midlands in the nineties because that reference just means nothing. <laughs> yeah, but, but not, so you guys, not but too so, far. Some of you guys might know it. <laughs> not too far from where I am. There's a place called Sundown Adventureland, and it's um, very much aimed yeah. at kids about six to ten. <laughs> but they they absolutely have a, like a Wild West Main Street thing going on. Yes, so, they do. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about West Dress Inspector at the Gun? Well, I mean, I think um, the this the costume design in the, in this episode is very sort of it's, it's very. Relative to the to the era um, that westerns are being made, so like Gemma was talking about North Star, I think I think that the costume design there kind of you know it, it sort of is inspired by like a later era western sort of revisionist style westerns, which kind of realised that it wasn't you know the Wild West was a dangerous, unfriendly place, whereas you know. Uh, Spectre of the Gun is, is directly inspired by the gunfight at the OK Corral. And so I think the costumes are really good, but they are from that era, that sort of early golden era Western. So um, how accurate they are, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I know that Doc Holliday did dress very smartly and he looks good. Mm. But I, I think the in that episode, I, I you know, I think the Sylvia, that, that character, I think she looks good. Like that's like that character that's kind of is in love with with Chekhov's whoever he's playing Billy. Um, I, I thought that was you know it was, that was good that was good costume design. It looks good. All the costumes look good. I was surprised that it's interesting how the the crew they don't when they're put in this scenario they keep their uniforms even mm-hmm. though they're this, even though they're this. Even though they're playing the Clanton gang, they don't get to dress up. Yeah, they get they yeah, get a gun they belt, don't they? Uh, but they but they keep yeah, they, their regular uniforms faces, apart from that. Yeah. That is referenced though very heavily. But yeah, I think, I think it's so they have that moment to realize what's going on. It, it gives it it means mm. that they have to take it takes them longer to work out what's happening because because Kirk gets to see the newspaper and he goes. And he realizes that date and everything. So I, I yeah, think yeah. maybe it's a storytelling design, a, a, a storytelling choice. I feel like it fe- it sort of feeds into the whole the theatricality of that episode as well. The way that the, the building you have the front of the buildings and then the but the, but that's all. It's it's very much kind of a, a stagey set. Mm-hmm. So the idea that the the crew are kind of everyone else is in costume, but the crew isn't. I feel like that that fits the whole. Yeah, uh, the whole weirdness of, the, of that mm. that style. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, for, for Spectre of the Gun, I think the costume design is really good, but it's not it's not that important. Like, mm. like what were you just saying, Will? Like all the other things that are going on in the episode, they they drive the episode. Whereas in something like A Fistful of Daters, because it's a bit over the top and because it's a holiday program, costumes in that maybe are doing more work because you need to sort of know. Mm. 
that you're in a holodeck and it's and it is that way mm-hmm. but um so yeah i'm not sure if i'm uh, in, <laughs> i I, th- I mean i think that the set the costume design in Spectre of the Gun is really good mm. but i mean you would expect it to be because of the very nature of the episode yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, as much as I love, I would have liked to have seen, you know, Spock in a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the choice that they made, you know, just because, it, it, again, it makes it more feel like a like a surreal dreamlike state, you know, they just get gun belts, you know, and and everyone, everyone in the in the in in the scenario, you know, who's like an NPC, <laughs> basically, it looks good. It looks really authentic, and they are. There's probably costumes they just had from a western, and you know, yeah. <laughs> in stores somewhere, and they look great. And but you're right, it's secondary to what's happening. Whereas these other episodes are very much, you know, we're having fun with. Like part of the fun is just like let's dress up like cowboys. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think particularly the villains look great they in the really gun. Well, and even like their their facial hair and everything, like they have the data yeah. villain facial hair, <laughs> but it's also um, it's also like probably just their regular facial hair. <laughs> yeah, they're grizzled too. They're really grizzled. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, this is I guess is slightly off topic, but they also they play it really straight in Spectre of the Gun. Yes. They all of the um the the particularly the villain characters, they just play it like they're really in a in a western. Um mm. and I, I really liked that. I thought that was, that was that was cool. I had a I had a thing watching Spectre of the Gun actually. The way the the buildings fronted are done, and the fact that they don't appear, the main crew don't appear in costume. I think that's like kind of a way of reminding the crew that they're in a fabrication, and this is all an elaborate thing to, mm. to build mm. to their own execution. So it's, it's quite it's quite nicely done in that effect. It's like that adds to the you know the surrealness adds to the effect that say. You know, here's this Western scenario, but don't forget, it's not real. This is just this is just our bizarre method of killing you. Yeah, because yeah, which I like. Also, um, I did want to point out, and because I only found this out recently, listening to Whom Pods Destroy, um, the guy who plays either Morgan or Wyatt Earp in this comes back to Star Trek in Star Trek Five, playing the guy who is digging holes in a field on Nimbus Three. Until Cybok oh, recruits him. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, I know the guy you mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I one one more slight aside. I love the the bit at the end of Spectre of the Gun when they kind of have that that weird sort of device where the, the the bad guys are all coming to to shoot the crew down at the end. And they, yes. ju- one by one, they kind of join. They, they have that shot where they're, they're sort of stood there um, really close up to camera mm-hmm. and the other characters are walking by and then they join the other characters mm. as they, they walk by. And it's such a weird I- idea mm. and a really weird yeah. sequence of shots. But it's like, but it's also like, brilliant. <laughs> really cool um it's the inevitability of it yeah yeah yeah. it feels like the kind of thing you would see in like a real spaghetti western like that kind of a shot i Mm. think um yeah yeah 
Okay, so points-wise, like I said, I apologize to the other episodes, but I am voting with my loins instead of my head. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) voting for a sexy cowboy archer who is incredible. (laughs) So that's my point. All right. (laughs) How about about you? Uh, How about Rick E? Um, So... I've been giving it some careful consideration. And, you know, I really want to go for Far From Home just because I think it's got the hardest hill to climb on this. Yeah. But ultimately, Jen, I'm absolutely in agreement. <laughs> Scott Bakula act, absolutely rocks the Western thing. And I know I shouldn't compliment the actor who wears it for the costume design, but he, the way he does it, he brings it all to life. And mm-hmm. they, they all have great costuming. They absolutely yeah. all do. Mm-hmm. So I think you're then kind of in the thing where you have to kind of rely on the actor to bring it to life. And Bacula sells it so much in this. It's, it's, he's amazing. So yeah. I'm going North Star. All right. Rick P, you're up. Well, um, if, if Spectre of the Gun had more points, then I think, <laughs> I think I'd vote for A Fistful of Datas because... <laughs> <laughs> because that episode, it's 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 set in a holodeck, so everything's a bit over the top. And and with that in mind, costumes have to be a bit like that too. Um, and I really, and I think you're absolutely right, guys. Um, uh, I love I love Troy's outfit in this episode. I think it's great. Um, so, but um, but Spectre of the Gun only has three points, so I'm voting for Spectre of the Gun. <laughs> 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 fair enough fair play yeah fair enough. yeah honest so yeah yeah i respect <laughs> that <laughs> how about uh gemma well as it's been established that you are allowed to vote for your own uh absolutely your oh, own side i know but it's i just i think that the the costume work on on north star is excellent yeah. uh, i think it's really yeah it's it's nice Horse costumes, are good. horse costumes well, are good in North Star. Extraordinary, the horse, yeah. Very yeah, realistic Very, very horses. realistic horses, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go. And, of course, I have to agree, Scott Bakula in the old uh, oh, yeah. dusty <laughs> cowboy outfit, does oh, it? Geez. It was the bit when he swung the he swung the coat. You didn't even see the whole of him. When he swung the coat behind, flicked oh. it behind the gun. Yeah, oh, no. Jeez, yeah. getting hot in here. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Yeah, it's and it was just there. It was just there at the bar, just listening behind himself. Yeah, no, it's gonna have to. I be. mean, and it's it's really hot and everything. Like I'm, I'm not discounting that, but also it's nice to see Scott Bakula in costumes, just because you're used. I'm used to seeing him in costumes from Quantum Leap. So, you know, he's in a different yeah. costume every episode, so it's it's always fun to see him in a costume. Got where he belongs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Where were we? What were we talking about? Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Scott Bakula as a cowboy <laughs> drinking coffee. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Will, where's your point going? Well, I, I think I'm going to vote with my loins as well. And I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna go for North Star. Because i I got to admit, I think the whole... <laughs> I don't think I find Archer quite a sexy... As as some of the people on this podcast do, I still find him a bit sexy. 
I, I do think North Star, one of the first things that struck me about the episode that I'd, I'd completely forgotten about it is that the sets and the costumes are all really good. And I do, I like yeah. that out of all of these episodes, North Star is the one that it's, it's not a joke episode. Like they've taken, right. they, they've taken the idea seriously. And so actually the costumes and the, the set design has to be kind of, as authentic as they can as well. So it's it's a bit less theatrical and silly than the others. Um, and I think as a result, the like the costumes are already excellent. Um so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for North Star. There Whee! it is. Right. <laughs> well done, Gemma. <laughs> Ross, how about you? So I do I do love all the costumes in the Spectre of the Gun. I like the like the the black suits and the dark hats. I think they look great. Um, and I do have a real soft spot for all of Data's costumes in a fistful of Data. But I do think I have to go for North Star as well. <laughs> he just he looks great, doesn't he? He looks so good, and that guy's hat as well. The, the guy's top hat. I like that a dirty old top hat. <laughs> um, so it's 50 50 for me <laughs> okay all right so going into the final category here we have uh a new leader north star has taken the lead with eight yes. points fistful datas has seven far from home has five and specter the gun has four mm. so there's still time all of which are respectable scores. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no one's being left behind here. All right, mm. Rick, give us our final category. Round five. We've had a lot of fighting talk in this episode, but uh, what about your choices? This round is shut your bazoo. Basically, who has the best cowboy speak? <laughs> I love it. Props for the use of the word bazoo. <laughs> <laughs> have to credit Ross with that one. Yeah, well done, Ross. The only time I've heard um, Bazoo spoken is in, if Frasier's dad said it, Frasier's dad tells Frasier to, to shut his big, shut his big Bazoo. Oh, that's hilarious. And Bazoo's, you know he watches a lot of Westerns. You know he does. Bazoo's such a great word for a, for a mouth. Yeah, shut your Yeah, bazoo. I think I Rick, Rick, Rick is just sucking up to the marshals. He's... Uh, <laughs> He's just trying to. Yeah, I see. I see. I see your game. Yeah, he's desperate now. <laughs> he's trying to stay out of the jail. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's start. Um, let's start with Spectre of the Gun this time. Right. Yes. Let Let's do that. <laughs> um, because because Spectre of the Gun has some has some really great lines in it. Um, that I I feel I feel that. Hard to be challenged in terms of uh, of what we're talking about, and the one, the one that the one scene I really like is is one that we talked about earlier on, is with McCoy and Doc Holliday, but he doesn't know Doc Holliday's there, um, and and Doc Holliday lets him have the stuff he needs for his for his um, grenade thing that Scotty. Take, decides to test. <laughs> Luckily, it doesn't kill him. Um, and it's it's just great because it it just sums up the, the situation. Um, all through the episode, there's quite a lot of mentions that you know you can do 
basically, you can do what you want until five o'clock, but at one minute past five, you're dead. <laughs> um, but in, I'll, yeah. I'll, um, I'll, um, I'll read out this this part of this uh, this scene if I if I may, um, because it's really good. So the first person speaking is is McCoy. McCoy says, "The emergency is real. I need these things." And then Doc Holliday's like, "Your emergency sure is real. Go on, take the stuff. Have some more fun. Take my bag. Only best." Only best you be finished before five o'clock. That is my intention, Doctor. Because at one minute past five, you'll have you'll find a hole in your head, right from this gun. Now, if that doesn't win best speech, then I don't I don't know what does. That's a pretty wild west thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I love it. How about in a fistful of datas? Can you beat uh, that? <laughs> okay. Well, there's, a, I guess, a fistful of datas. There's a lot of kind of funny, silly uh, Wild West talk. But the line that's that stuck out to me is when it's early on in the episode and they the um, we, we come into a saloon and we see some holodeck uh, NPCs, if you will, um, just talk, just just talking, uh, and there's a great line where, and that line, you know, these aren't even the main characters. There's a great line where the, where this character says, "Shut up! You laugh so much, it's a wonder you ain't got flies in your mouth." <laughs> and then, and then the Mexican character says, ah, "You're a very funny man, Senor Eli," but he says it in a Mexican accent. Um, but the um, <laughs> <laughs> but shut up you laugh so much it's a wonder you ain't got flies in your mouth just feels like that is that is as 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 wild west as it gets um it's yeah it's it's, it's authentic um, it's actually probably a recording that they took from the real wild west yeah i just think it's like you know taken from some uh etched. diary it's on etched on the walls Doc holiday's gravestone <laughs> <laughs> his final words <laughs> Yeah. A little, little bit of uh, graffiti. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going with. But yeah. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool uh, Wild West talk, and there's there's a lot of uh, bits where Data is on um, back on the ship where he's trying to do that thing with his with his neural net, <laughs> and he he starts he starts sort of paraphrasing Wild West. Uh, things to to the to the amusement and confusion of of um, uh, Riker mm. and Picard. And then he starts um, calling. Uh, he yeah. calls Spot Varmint or something. Yeah, like that. he does. He does. <laughs> one thing, one varmint. thing I wonder about that episode is that should should they really be asking Data to be like a backup system for the ship? I know. I love the <laughs> walk in and say hey we've had a really great idea we're just going to run it through data at that and, point and, Picard's and, like I just want to play like, my bloody flute <laughs> do what you want guys <laughs> <laughs> plug them into what plug them into the weapon systems I don't just care leave me alone yeah it is a particularly bad idea <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's um Okay, so that that's a good one. Uh, how about in North Star? 
I see. I I think this is where I fall down because I I didn't record any particularly uh, westerny dialogue. I can't <laughs> I can't I can't have anything that can fight. Um, all I all I remember is that in the scene where they were having the meeting with the lawman in the barber shop, and he said, "Ah, was it nothing like a barber shave to make a man feel civilized?" Yes, oh, well, yeah. it was a nice trope, but I'm not sure yeah. it can fight on the dialogue. It's it's yeah. good because it ties into like the whole kind of. The whole thing of having like a, a, a that sort of a shave, mm, like a neat razor, it's very much another world man rest. shave you with the, with this excessively sharp yeah. blade. <laughs> to have him say, "There's nothing like a a, a barbershop shave to make, make a man feel civilized, civilized," because they're just clinging on to that that essence of yeah. civilization. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, everything else is un, pretty uncivilized. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's got flies in their mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's got flies in their mouth. And they're going to die at one minute past five. (laughs) Oh, damn, flies. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really good pick. Because it's a very old-timey thing. I love it. Yeah, and you're right. There isn't any, like, like, they don't say, like, rootin' tootin' whatever (laughs) but they they do have the spirit in what they're they're saying you know like like in that scene and you know Narger's talking about how he's he's out of town and he's trying to from out of town and he's trying to get to you know wherever he says to to rustle what what did you say it was blue Blue horns horns. (laughs) yeah yeah and uh, I think the sheriff in North Star who's obviously very famous for being in the episode peak performance of TNG. Yeah, um, I think he's Glenn, in some. So- yeah, yeah, he's mm. in some show called Twenty Four, but no one remembers that. Um, <laughs> wasn't even in space. Um, so, he 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 he's got a very good. He's got a very good delivery of his lines. He's not yeah. over exaggerating. Yeah. He's not having to really big up the accent or anything like that. But he's ve- he comes off really effectively, and I really enjoy his performance in that. So, yeah, his lines in that barbershop thing really hit home because I think he just he's just very very good as as the Western sheriff. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So he's a good man in a in a dirty job. Yeah, and I feel like actually that your your choice sort of sums up the the, the way that Enterprise deals with that episode is that it doesn't sort of embrace it, it does embrace some cliches mm. and tropes of the of the world west but it is also trying to tell a serious sort of sci-fi story and it, it is taking it a bit more seriously than the other episodes and there's there's something kind of authentic about that that barbershop scene i think mm. You're right, Will. We probably should give the point to this rather than this one. Do you know, I was just about to say, but uh, but everyone should give the point to Fistful of Data, obviously, because it's way cooler. (laughs) Damn. All right. Well, before we start dishing out points, (laughs) let's hear uh, some Western speak from far from home. Uh, So, again... They're not they're not speaking the old west, although in the spirit of shut your bazoo, shout out to Zara who literally tells Cal to shut up and then quite <laughs> mercilessly shoots him with a gun 
till his nose bleeds. It was pretty horrific. <laughs> um, they don't use any stereotypical cowboy speech, but they do speak pigeon. And oh, yeah. they have some re- weird sort of oh, unique cool. language going on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember that. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that is pretty cool is they speak pidgin, and you can sort of listen to it and sort of decode the meaning of it, which is fun. Um, but also, this is where we get the sort of the second use of the word vadraish uh, yes. that was used in the. Um, the Calypso short trek, and then you. We, this is where it's confirmed that Vadrash is pigeon for federation, uh, and it's that sort of shorthand. So uh, yeah. it's nice that there's that little connection, and it's not cowboy speech, but it is unique speech uh, for yeah. the time, and yeah. a, a new word that we're learning. It's, it's frontier speech. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's like. Like Belter Creole, if if you allow me to bring in another another franchise. sci-fi show, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's like it's 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 both futuristic and sort of broken down at the same time, isn't it? Because you think in in the future we'll be speaking, you know, perfect language, we'll share an exact same way of doing and saying things, but pigeon always seems a bit broken and mishmashed and comprised. But it's a language in its own right, and it serves a purpose. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's always a bit of a it's a bit of a risk when a sci-fi show um, delves into a, 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 oh, like d- yeah. doing that sort of speech because it can come off a bit silly. That's but I, but I don't think it mm. does in Discovery. No, no, no. In Star Trek, has a bit no. of a bad history with that. Yeah. Yes. I remember. But um, in this in... instance. In that episode of the original series, uh, Miri, where the yes. call grown-ups grups, yeah. just doesn't work. <laughs> yes, it doesn't, quite, it doesn't, it it doesn't work. It's a bit bong bong on the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bit bong bong exactly. on the head. Yeah, it really is bong bong on the head. <laughs> but by saying that, hasn't bong bong on the head entered our lexicon? Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's entered your lexicon, right? <laughs> right in the lexicon. And, you, and you've done bananas as a result. <laughs> and I just also really like that it, it made Calypso part of the canon of Discovery, too, which, yeah. I mean, when I first heard that, uh, you know, when I first saw that scene and heard that, I was like, my jaw dropped. I went bananas for, for that one. I was like, oh, yeah. right. so, and yeah, so that was awesome, and and I appreciate them doing that, so that, that was, that's cool. All right. All right, let's hand out points for this final round. Mm. Okay, let's, let's start with Ross. Okay, so apologies to Will, because my my internet connection dropped while you were talking, no. so I have no idea what you're saying. Wait, what? So you're immediately excluded from that, from my choices. No. Um, no. Wait, I'll repeat it all now. Give me the line too, yeah. Tell me quickly, give me the line, give me the line. Oh, okay, I'll give you the line now. Shut up. You laugh so much, it's a wonder you ain't got flies in your mouth. Right. That's a good line, I like cool. it. But it's not going to get the I point, is it? <laughs> <laughs> wasting my time <laughs> just embarrassing I, I, really, 
I really, really liked the uh, the line uh, spoken in Spectre of the Gun. The whole scene in the barbershop. Uh, it really, it really nicely mirrors Gemma's selection, but I just like how it, it escalates from the civilized to the absolute western. When it's like you take it because you have a hole in your head. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's so mad. I think it's brilliant, and it, it, it's just a great line. So that's where my points go. All right. How about Will? Well, I'm. Uh, do you know I was going to give Ross a point actually. <laughs> <laughs> Because our whole conversation about... No, it's not for me, it's for Saru. <laughs> but um, because Ross made me sort of sort of parrot out that line and then shamefully said I wouldn't even get a point for it, um, he's, he's dead to me now. <laughs> uh, I, I, do you know what? I think I'm going to give the point to um, Spectre of the Gun as well. Uh, because yeah, because it, it it it's just really cool. Um, it, like like I think Spectre of the Gun does deserve some some credit for its style and and uh, its sort of ballsiness of and how nutty it is. Um, and yeah, that bit of dialogue, really, I feel like it really encapsulates the everything about the episode. So yeah, I'm going to give that to Spectre of the Gun. I think. Um, okay. Yeah, unlucky, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. Uh, how about Gemma? Ah, I'm 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 torn between Spectre of the Gun and Fistful of Datas because almost every line in Fistful of Datas is is a classic kind of Western cheesy Western line. Mm. Uh, they really work at it, and ah, um, uh, but yeah. Spectre of the Gun is kind of more stylish. Mm. I, don't, I don't know that it is, Jen. Uh, <laughs> but then I love a well-made um, futuristic um, Creole slash pidgin mm. language. I really love that if it's done well. I don't know. And I can't give myself another point because I, I just... Also, I'm doing quite well, so I feel that like I want to yeah. be magnanimous and just, you know, gift it. Um, I am going to go for... I'm going to go. Who shall I choose? Ah, just... oh. <laughs> killing us. Killing us. <laughs> I could just do the massive pause. Spectre of the gun. Spectre of the gun. I think I'm going to go for Spectre of the gun. I don't what? know why. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to choose Spectre of the gun because awesome. it's just so. It is. Oh, no, don't look at me like that. I'm crying. I'm actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm destroyed. <laughs> I'm going to go for Scratch yeah. the Gun because the, uh, no, the, the Doc Holiday just, yeah, laying yeah. it down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, sorry, Will. <laughs> hey, Ricky, where are you going? I, I'm going to go Spectre of the Gun on this. Um, yeah. Rick absolutely won me over because that, scene with McCoy goes into the in, in the, and oh Doc Holiday's in have in the in the chair 
it's amazing. It's a brilliant scene. It's one of my all-time favourites in that episode. So absolutely spectral gun for that wins me over. My name is McCoy. I'm a doctor. That joke is all around town already, McClowry. Well, my name is still Holiday. Doc Holiday. The emergency is real. I need these things. Your emergency sure is real. Go on, take the stuff. Have some more fun. <laughs> take my bag. Only best you be finished before five o'clock. That is my intention, Doctor. Because at one minute past five, you'll find a hole in your head right from this gun. Well, I guess I don't know. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of a speech, I guess I think Spectre of the Gun is the best. But in the spirit in the spirit of what we're doing, I, I think that you know we all you all uh, proffered other other bits of dialogue which were which were all really good, and and I do. I do like good like Western bar talk, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'll, I'll vote for um, a fistful of daters because oh, I do like yeah. that. Um, and yeah, in this in the spirit in the spirit of what we're doing, I think it'd be good to vote for someone else. So yeah, a fistful <laughs> of daters. You've made an excellent choice, Rick. I think <laughs> you've made a you've made a band very happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, and then for my point in, in this in this category, I, I think I'm going uh, with Spectre of the Gun. Although I do I do think it's it's interesting because it's it's almost easier for them to talk Wild West talk because a lot of that slang it was still you know still I mean not the way they talked in the '60s, but it was still a lot more comprehensible <laughs> to people you know what i mean um so, so it's a little bit more natural some of the things they're saying um but it just I, I think that also just made it more authentic so for authenticity's sake my point there goes to specter of the gun okay. all right wow. okay so what do we got rick ricky what's our so that give the final scores that is a fair that was that's a game changer. Um, so, in, in the final place, Far From Home with five points. Oh, boo. Respectable, respectable, <laughs> considering it wasn't oh. even technically in the Wild West. Honest, honestly, <laughs> Ross, I, res- yeah. I respect I respect the balls out fact that you went and took this as a Western <laughs> and went with it. Yeah. Because it's a difficult yeah. one to, to go with. There's so much going against it. It's got some great Western bits to it, but... The fact that you got five points for it, I think, is very, very respectable. Yeah. It's, it's a really good episode oh, yeah. in its own very, right, mm. as well. Really Outside of the Western elements of it, it's actually really good. 
Yeah, and I think the Western thing kind of sets up the scene for um, season three of Discovery that this isn't the fe- the, the ordered Federation. It's the, it's a lawless thing with a very different mm. landscape to what they expect. Mm. So it's very mm. good. So then moving on to our third and sort second and third place jointly held North Star with eight points and Fistful of Datas with eight points. <gasps> what? Which means. <laughs> Suddenly accelerating into the lead oh, by that last round, the Spectre of the Gun has got nine points and taken the game. Damn. Oh, well done, sir. Well done. Well done. Yeah. yeah. That was a very close game. And, and because these are all really fun episodes, like Wild West mm. is fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm not surprised that it was that close. No, Spectre of the Gun scored a point in every round, but wow. literally only one point in every round until the last <laughs> round when it's got five. <laughs> that really flipping scene, it. yeah, that's yeah. Like, that, that scene with McCoy has absolutely killed everyone else. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you did pick the best scene for that. Like. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I really enjoyed re-watching all of these episodes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the one that stood out to me as a bit of a surprise was North Star because I, I was not mm-hmm. looking forward to re-watching that as I, I didn't have fond memories of it because it comes right in the middle of that Zindi arc and I, I always felt like I was just annoyed when that episode came back. So I was like, I want to get on with the Zindi arc story. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to sit through this Wild West nonsense? But if but if you take it as an episode in its own right, um, it's it's actually really good, mm-hmm. and I, I do I do like that the Enterprise had the had the the sort of audacity to kind of tell a serious Wild West story and and, and not just play it for laughs like they did in in Fistful of Datas. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely the same as Will because I I'd kind of always been in the Zindi arc and it's always a Zindi rewatch but to watch this on its own it stands out it's brilliant it's it's fantastic Archer gets to do a great speech about how far humanity's come and now we've moved beyond prejudice forgetting his issues with the Vulcans yeah (laughs) terror prime exists you know but apart from that we've moved beyond prejudice uh yeah sorry you go oh no I was gonna say and that on that point it also I mean, especially watching it now in the year 2021, um, it it makes perfect sense to me that that's how human beings would have reacted in that mm. situation. They would have mm. done the horrible mm. things of, you know, oh, becoming absolutely. the oppressors. And that that makes, you know, if I would have watched it, I don't remember how I felt when I first watched this episode, but it was probably more like, oh, we wouldn't do that. We would, you know, <laughs> we'd come together and it would, you know, <laughs> No, yeah, we, and, we, and we'd survive and, and come together and do the right thing, but no, no, we wouldn't. Yeah, we sorry, totally Jen. Wouldn't. We, this was we, yeah, we, we, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's completely <laughs> real. Like it just made it so like it's it's so obvious that this is exactly what would have happened. Yeah, yeah. they would have done yeah. that. I mean, they became the oppressors, and they would have lied about it and taught fake history, and that's exactly what it, it does happen and would have happened and i'm very glad that now in archer's time they're past all that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. and, he can, and he can give that speech <laughs> but yeah it, it, it was very it was a lot more prescient this time watching it this time around for me 
on that depressing note. (laughs) (laughs) But and I do Um, think, I mean, I really enjoyed rewatching Fistful of Datas, but I've got to admit, I've seen, I don't know why, but I've seen that episode so many times. (laughs) Um, It's that good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I I don't feel like I got more out of it this time. I feel like I I enjoyed it just as much as I always have. Whereas I was, I was more surprised by North Star and, um, and actually Spectre of the Gun as well, because I, that wasn't one that I'd revisited very often but it's it's a really iconic mm-hmm. original series episode and it's a bit of a standout uh episode from season three which isn't um uh original series best is it well you raised the point earlier will that um you you reckon there'd be network executives stood there going oh you should have more cowboy stuff going on and this but yeah. to that point the network t- did not give a monkeys about the about what was happening with Star Trek, they wanted it dead. Yeah. Um, right. So I imagine there was very little oversight, and they they had a bit of carte blanche to do a little, you know, a bit more of what they wanted. Um, so they got to have a bit, of, and you know, Spectre Gun is a standout, really good episode in season three. It's mm. one of a handful that 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 just ran with the limitations that the network put mm. on them and made some amazing Star Trek. Yeah, and I, I think like what, what you guys were saying about how, you know, North Star, when you remove it from where it is in the season, it plays better as just a standalone episode. I feel that way about Spectre of the Gun, too. When you just watch Spectre of the Gun independently of anything mm. else, it, it really it really does feel more like a stage play. Um, yeah. The way the way we were mm. talking about earlier, it really does. You, you get more of the sense of the isolation and the surrealness and the sublimeness of, of the of you know of of the of, of every, just everything just the whole feel of the episode and and it really I really enjoyed it this time around not that I hadn't before but you know <laughs> but more so this time and it, it's interesting to watch all these together because they all so are so different even though they're yeah. all westerns they're so different yeah I mean I, I also found it really striking to watch uh, Far From Home kind of at the end of this this big rewatch because it's like this it reminded me how cinematic discovery is yeah. because far from home opens with that absolutely epic uh mm. crash that like discovery sort of yeah. smashes through all those asteroids and crashes onto the planet's surface and that that is so far kind of removed from from what we see in the other uh western episodes e- even um North Star, which I think looks really good. It's just got great production values, but they didn't have a massive epic starship crash at the beginning. <laughs> I think I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the recent I Excretus episode of um, <laughs> Lower Decks, just because there is yes. a brilliant little cowboy moment mm. uh, when Mariner Starfleet, finds herself Starfleet classic. <laughs> yes, calls it, or something yeah. Like that. Old West Planet. As captain, you must survive a lawless frontier town in Earth's 19th century. But beware, for you are a wanted yeah, man. Yeah, I get it. Trapped in cowboy land. It's a Starfleet classic. Yeehaw. Just gotta find the saloon. It's a beautiful moment. It's part of what inspired us to finally get round to doing this episode. We'd been planning it for ages. But uh, yeah, I think that coming up sort of inspired us to get our butts in gear and oh, do this. Lord, no. <laughs> yes, yeah, Lower Decks yeah. once again 
yeah, it shows us the way. That's and right. it's it's a very direct Spectre of the Gun reference as well, isn't it? Because you even have that style. The sort of... Oh, even down to the yeah, the yeah fronts of shops. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like good. a blood red sky as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. very yeah. cool. So but one, Lower one Decks is like a fistful mm. of datas and it's very unashamed in its direct references, I think. Yeah. Just go <laughs> yes. for it. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing I realised is that there are, there are other episodes in Star Trek that, um, that, that have a very much of a, a Western theme. I was thinking there's an episode of Enterprise where they help some... They help some Miners who are being ex- who are be- who are being extorted by Klingons. Is it Marauders? Oh, oh right. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. That felt that's, yeah. that's something that's very a very Western esque theme to it. Um, and there's a, there's a it always feels a bit A team to me that one. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> um, and another episode where there's a, like a freighter. I think uh, it's a freighter that's being attacked by Norsicans. Um, so, so Enterprise oh, definitely yeah. has Fortunate those yeah. those episodes where they they lean into the the sort of the front. It's, it's more to do with what we were talking about earlier. Just just being on yeah. the frontier. Just a, mm-hmm. a, a, if you're in a lawless an area that's quite lawless, then you're going to have these sort of Western tropes crop up, aren't you? Well, mm. this this is one of the beauties of Roddenberry's original ideas. Was it was essentially a wagon train to the stars. It was kind of going to be a Western, but as as the show developed, I think that the idea of the Federation is this encompassing organization provided more law than than the the frontier element would have maybe sort of shown through. But Enterprise is in a great position to have that lawless frontier thing going on a bit more. So yeah, absolutely, the feel of Enterprise totally relates to westerns in in much more of a way than maybe like Next Generation, where everything is 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 nailed down by the bureaucracy in a way. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Which is maybe why it was uh, such a pleasant surprise to revisit North Star in in Enterprise because it um, that that Western theme really does seem to fit the show. It's not it's not just that Archer looks really cool uh, in a, in a, in a, in a uh, cowboy outfit, although he does <laughs> absolutely cool and sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Oh man! If they yeah. if they have Riker doing some cowboy stuff and sexy cowboy gear, oh jeez, Gladius Iron Boots. He'd have his leg up on a horse, wouldn't he? Riker's is too shiny. He's too shiny. Yeah, I don't know if he could pull off a uh, cowboy as, as well no. as Scott Bakula can pull I off. I don't think he could. Riker would pull off as many cowboys. <laughs> 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 Such a sleaze bag, isn't he? No, he's not a sleaze bag. <laughs> he's a beautiful man. I will not hear a word against him. Exactly. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been uh, such a pleasure. It's so great to hang out with the ten backward team, and this was so much fun. Um, it's been a lot of fun. How can yeah. let's tell people uh, tell everyone how they can get a hold of you guys? Uh, uh, if you want to talk, <laughs> if you want to reach Ten Backward on Twitter, we're at Ten Backward, um, and then uh, you can talk to me directly uh, at Shrek Van Rick. Uh, I think you guys have got your own Twitters. 
Yep, I, mine is imaginatively uh, at Will Turland, which is just my name. <laughs> it makes me super cool. Um, Je- I, I, Gemma has forgotten I've what forgotten she what is I on am Twitter. On, it's been so long, I've forgotten what I am on Twitter. Will. I just brought up a Google search for um, for cows, so that's not helping me. We'll, we'll edit this bit, Gemma. We'll make it sound like you remember what your Twitter is. <laughs> It's it's Gemma underscore Turland. Yes, yeah, I'm exactly. following yeah. you. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and and Rick P. Rick. Oh, um, I'm at Mister Imhotep. Okay, and um, we're. You can reach our podcast, Snaptrack, at Snaptrack on Twitter. And I'm at Eat at Quarks. And Ross? I am at STRTRK1701. Awesome. All right. So, so, so what have... was that, Ross? Where, where were the vowels? <laughs> 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 they were run out of town for being disrespectful. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, that, that town that town had a case of irritable vowel syndrome. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, it was it was called nurse. <laughs> yeah, um, just full. It's like it's so. It's funny that we what we we're ending the episode with some quite clever wordplay, but it just sounds like sort of caveman grunts. <laughs> but listeners, it is cleverer than you think. Can be true. <laughs> yeah. um, whoever edits this episode, do a special edition where you take all the vowels out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think Jen said she'd she'd be happy to edit this episode, so she, yes. she'd do that. <laughs> if you want all the vowels out that it's going to take, this episode will come out in like 2025. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. Does anyone have anything else they, they'd like to say? Just that this has been really fun. It's been a great It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, really Thank enjoyed you. it. We should we should do this again sometime. Yes, definitely. <laughs> for sure. We should. We just need Star Trek to do three more Renaissance Fair based episodes, and we can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for so much for having us, guys. Thank you for having us. Vice versa, I Indeed. suppose. All right. <laughs> okay, how do we end this? What do we say? We need a cowboy um, thing to say. Um we yeah, need to we ride, ride the sunset. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But somehow do that audibly. <laughs> oh, um, oh, look at this. Oh, the sun's coming up. <laughs> Let's go that way on our horses. It's good. I just, it, it sounds like we've rehearsed it too much. How do they say goodbye? In ca- like, how do cowboys say goodbye? <laughs> They tip their hats. They, they, they say howdy <laughs> to say hello. Howdy's hello, yeah. <laughs> Let's go yes. Adios. 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 I think they just shoot each other dead. <laughs> 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 or hang each other to death. 
Oh, we, no. we, we shouldn't do that. No. That's no, not a great way to treat our audience. They're not no. going to come back and listen to the next episode. <laughs> until, until next time. Until yes. next time. Gentle yeah. listeners. <laughs> yeah. And, and rough listeners. So yeah. long. Yippee-ki-yay, I won't finish that. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay yippee is good. <laughs> All right. Yippee-ki-yay, everybody. Yippee-ki-yay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, bye. 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 After what happened, I guess you'll never want to go back to the ancient west. The town of Deadwood may face danger once again. If they do, they will need a sheriff. And a deputy. <laughs>